You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson. We've got a fun show planned for you today as I'm working with Cam Berry, Brent Daughtry, and Tom Peavy for today's program. Coming up on today's show, Logan Parks of Major League Fishing will be here. We'll also chat with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3Sports.com. We hope that you had a wonderful weekend. It was a busy weekend here on the Plains as Big Cat Weekend took place, a major recruiting weekend for the Tigers. They picked up a couple of commitments from the class of 2024, so already working ahead are the Auburn Tigers, and we'll discuss all of that on today's show. Tomorrow, Auburn men's basketball plays their first game in Israel. The team has landed there in Jerusalem. They'll have a game tomorrow around lunchtime. We also will take your phone calls all show long, 334-887-3401, or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 The Braves swept the Diamondbacks over the weekend, which was awesome to see as Atlanta is now uh, trying to hunt down the New York Mets. The Mets, however, swept the Marlins, so the Braves gain no ground whatsoever. The trade deadline is tomorrow, so it's really busy in the Major League Baseball world. And then finally yesterday, the sports world, really the world in general, lost an absolute icon as Bill Russell passed away at the age of 88, the greatest winner in American team sports history. So certainly our thoughts are with uh, the Russell family, all of Boston. I know they're mourning a little bit, and really the sports world at large after just an absolute true icon, Bill Russell passes away at the age of 88. So a ton to get into on today's show. Hope that everyone is doing well and had a great weekend. Tom Peavy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back in the studio with everybody, and uh, glad, definitely glad to have uh, Logan Parks come on the show and talk a little bit of bass fishing. For anybody that has listened to this show for any length of time while I've been on it knows how much I enjoy bass fishing. Uh, Logan happens to be a buddy of mine. Uh, I did not. I'm not the guy that got him in here. JJ did that. Yeah, we set um, it up. JJ got it set up. Sent me a message like, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna have Logan Parks." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's my <laughs> buddy." And it's like, "All right." So, uh, looking forward to that. Um, uh, you know, happy with the Braves. Uh, when you're playing a team like the Diamondbacks, you've got to get a sweep. You, you've got have them to, at right, home. Right. You get them at home. You got to get a sweep. Austin Riley just flat raking right now. Uh, a walk, I mean, just incredible what he's doing at the plate. And uh, so great stuff there. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Big Cat Weekend, a lot of stuff going on with Auburn recruiting. Got some commits. Yeah. Uh, also missed out on a big one. Yeah. Didn't didn't get Brock. Didn't get Brock. But, uh, Excuse me. Auburn. Yeah. Auburn. <laughs> Auburn. Auburn. Glenn. Auburn. Brock. Glenn. Auburn. Brock. Glenn. <laughs> Auburn did not get Auburn. 
Yeah. Uh, but they did get the commitment from a four-star quarterback out of yeah. Miami. So um, a good pickup. Yeah, good pickup and uh, and and a lot of from guys from a different class. A yeah, different class. Twenty four. Still looking for you know you want one quarterback yeah. a class. Still trying to find that quarterback for the class of twenty twenty three. Right. But nonetheless, Adrian Posse, who has a great last name, Posse, Posse yep. uh, is uh, the twenty twenty four commit for yeah. Auburn. So, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, uh, you know, in a, in what's normally a slow sports week, especially locally. Yeah. To have Big Cat Weekend, to have the commits coming in, to have uh, Auburn really on the map for some other big time guys. There, there's a offensive lineman that I think a lot of people feel confident they can flip yeah, from Bo Georgia. Hughley. Yep, Bo yeah. Hughley. Um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. A lot to Definitely. talk about. Yeah, yeah, a big time weekend. Uh, gr- great for the Braves to get that sweep. Uh, still a pretty successful week overall, I'd say. Um, uh, you can read all about it tomorrow when the Braves report comes out at nine fifty uh, at nine fifteen tomorrow. Um, but yeah, Bill Russell losing Bill Russell that was a that was a big one. Uh, somebody who I greatly res- respect in the game of basketball, who everybody respects in the world. Um, um, you know, just somebody who's just a pioneer, an activist. Um, you know, for people like me who, um, you know, are black in the in the community. I mean, it's just big time, and just all the stuff that he went through. You know, he was kind of more appreciated post his playing career. Um, you know, just because, you know, during his career, he wasn't exactly celebrated as a as a African-American player. And, you know, with Boston and everything that he went through while he was a player. Um, so it was big time, big loss. Um, but really glad that, you know, at least he passed away peacefully. You know, it wasn't anything painful. And he just kind of um, went went above, went to the Lord. So it was a great, you know, yeah. great to hear that. Um, 2011, yeah. it was Bill Russell who received a Presidential Medal of Freedom from Barack I mean, Obama. So anytime great man. you receive that recognition, anytime you get a Medal of Freedom from the president, uh, that's huge. And so, yeah, we have we have lost Bill Russell at the age of 88. And what a winner. Yeah. 11 NBA championships throughout his storied career. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good. I, I mean, I Pretty read. Pretty good. You I, have to go down to the toes <sighs> to put rings on all of, uh, you, you know, you run out of fingers to yeah. use there. Yeah, Bill, Bill Russell had... I saw that he participated in 21 winner-take-all games and won all 21 of them. And, I mean, that's boy, just – Boy, oh, boy. I, I mean, just – It's called like, dominant. Just a, just a winner. Just a winner, you know. And, I, I mean, a lot of people regard him as a top-10 player of all time, you know, that you can kind of throw in and out a bunch of different names. But uh, Bill Russell's always been pretty consistently in there as a top-10 player of all time. Um, so, it, I mean, just an amazing man. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty good weekend, so a pretty relaxing weekend. So yeah, let's get right to it. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we go to the phone lines today, joining us now is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the program. Hi, Matt. Hey guys, what's up? Hey Tom. Hey, how's it going? And then, hey, I know you guys lost somebody, but I, I, I was going to tell you that I, my friend um, lost his stepson, and their funeral is this week coming up. It was forty-two years old. So, oh man, yeah. Uh, it was his step. It was his stepson, and that, and so, so. But I'm going to the funeral. Very young. Um, yeah. Really yeah. To hear. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was going to talk about some recruiting, and um, so what do you guys think about the Auburn? Uh, the um, ex Nebraska commitment, Ashley Williams, coming to Auburn for football. 
Hasn't officially committed to Auburn yet. He did decommit yes. from Nebraska, which he was big, an and us. he received an offer from Auburn. So it is possible that he could one day commit and play for the Auburn Tigers, and that would be a huge addition for this Auburn football team if that were to happen. Do you guys think, uh, what about, I'm reading on my computer, it says Auburn continues to make a push for Ohio State tight end. What do you guys think about that? Um, yeah, I, I think they've got a good chance to flip that commit. I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, Burnett, I believe, is his name. And, and I think Auburn will continue to make a big push and try and secure his commitment, and it would be big for their class to add him for sure. What do you think about the running back for 2024? Um, I think they had a very successful Big Cat weekend, Matt. I think it was awesome for them to get all of those players on campus, and uh, we'll see if they're able to if, if they're able to turn into full commitments. Yeah, hopefully we can do a lot better and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't think that we'll win last this year. Um, Jelani Thurman but, is the uh, not Burnett. Jelani Thurman is that tight end I was trying to think of. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. What? But they they have us pick us last, but I think we improve we can improve than we did last year. I don't think we'll be dead last. I don't, I don't think so either. I, I think, think we'll be improved. I think we'll be a good team. I think I, I think we could probably win another twelve games, but we could probably go eleven to one. That'd be a good year if they were able to do that. That'd be great. And and play and probably play for the uh, SEC championship game. Uh, I would like to play in an SEC team again and play against Florida because I was going to up against my friend that's a big Gator fan. But um, they would probably go to the national championship in, in, um, and so, so. What's up, Brent? He's not here right now. It's Cam. What's up, Cam? What's going on, Matt? So what do you think about the running back for 2024? 2024? Yeah. Hmm. Again, there I mean, there are no you know, specifics yeah, we, out there, buddy. We we've no got a lot of yet. targets that we're trying to get after, so it'd be great. <laughs> Jeremiah Cobb is a twenty twenty three running yeah. back that we're excited about, so we'll continue to make ground on those guys. So Tan, so do you probably see us probably going like eleven and one and play for SEC championship and then go to the national championship? You talking about this year or next year? This year. This year, um, it'll be pretty tough. I mean, you know, that would be very good to to see. I would be very nobody happy would complain that, about yeah, that. I, I I would have zero complaints whatsoever. Um, I think yeah. we'll have we got some really really tough games on our schedule this year though. So um, so you, you think know, we get, you, so you think if we played for SEC championship, Tom, I want to get you and Cam uh, on this. You think if Auburn made the SEC championship game, that Auburn would be a good matchup against Florida. I mean, yeah, I mean it'd be a good matchup. I, yeah, I, I think, sure. I think Georgia's the team to beat out of the East. I don't I think agree. Florida is there yet, but anything can happen. I think Auburn, if Auburn gets there, they have a better chance against Florida than they do Georgia because they'd have that means they would have had to have beaten Georgia twice, and uh, Georgia's really darn good this year. And we saw what happened last time Auburn had to play Georgia twice. All right, Matt, you get to ask us one more question, buddy, and then we have a commercial break coming up. So what's the question? My score, my score for what do you guys think about if Auburn plays Georgia in an SEC championship, my score would be 
That's a fun yeah. football score. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I would love to win by two field goals over Georgia. Oh, I yeah. think they're going to be a good offense. They're going to score a good number of points. And, and yeah, that'll be fun to see. All right, let's do our cheer here. Five, four, four three, three, two, two one. one. War Eagle. Hey. 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 Bama, 48, 45, 63, 13. Booyah. Bama, we're coming to your field. Georgia, we're coming to your field. We're going to knock you guys out and say, Saban, you got one second. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All right. We'll talk to you next week, Matt. Thanks for the call today. Right. Worry, guys. War Eagle. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 To a commercial break we go. Sports Call continues in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Back at it here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cambieri and Tom Peavy, Logan Parks, of Major League Fishing will join us here in just a little bit. So we see him pull into the lot right now. Did he bring you, a boat? <laughs> you can't miss the truck. I mean, uh, okay. uh, yeah, he will be here momentarily for now. Let's grab a phone call, though. Joining us on Sports Call right now as we speak, we go back to our Auburn Bank phone line, and joining us is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve's now with us here on Sports Call. Hi, Steve. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good to hear all your voices. And I hope everybody had a uh, restful and relaxing weekend. Yes, we did. We very much so did. Great. Uh, real quickly, I just wanted to uh, give my thoughts and commentary of what it matters uh, about Mr. Bill Russell. I watched the man play. Uh, at that time, I didn't really appreciate uh, the player that uh, obviously he, he, he grew to become uh, back in the 60s when I watched him. And I guess the best compliment that could ever be paid or, uh, about him by a uh, – former rival of his, uh, was this comment that I caught from the uh, New York Times in their obituary. And the quote was this, if I had played for the Celtics instead of Russell, I doubt they would have been as great. Who would you guess have said that about Bill Russell? Give me the quote one more time, Steve. Sure. If I had played for the Celtics instead of Russell, I doubt they would have been as great. That's got to be an all-time – I mean, that's a, a very, yeah. very um, inspiring quote. I would imagine it's one of the Will. best players the game has ever no. seen. Yeah, maybe Will. I don't know. Who Kareem. is it? You got it, Mr. Will Chamberlain. Will, Will Chamberlain. That's awesome. Right. Um, and, of course, he was selected as one of the 50 greatest players uh, in, the, in the NBA. And in 1980, a poll was taken uh, by uh, sports writers, and they voted him as uh, the greatest NBA player – uh, in NBA history. Of course, now this is back in 80 uh, before uh, the current players. But, you know, guys, uh, and you're welcome to, you know, have a different view. I say probably he still is the greatest NBA player of all time, not just an individual player uh, for uh, the, the remarkable rebounds he, he, he sure. made records for, but, but as a team player. Because uh, I remember him, you know, a lot of times he had maybe some open shots and he wouldn't take them. 
Yeah, no, he was outstanding. And to win 11 championships, like Cam said, he, he won 21 winner-take-all games, uh, a just dominant basketball player. And so, uh, yeah, the world lost a true sports icon at 88 years old, Bill Russell. And he went through a lot, a lot of, you know, unfortunately, discrimination in his own town. In fact, uh, yep. I read here in his obituary that uh, he really, he did not consider himself, he didn't view himself as, as a Boston uh player but as a team player for the Celtics and he really didn't care uh for the fans that much or uh for the city itself because yeah he, he experienced a lot of discrimination. Uh in fact he was honored uh in uh well yeah in, he had a uh, private jersey retirement. Right in seventy two yep. uh his jersey retired and at his insistence I read here he wanted only a private ceremony in Boston Gardens. Yeah. So I thought that was you know, pre-tell. and I did not know this. He refused to do any signatures, any autographs for fans or even for his only teammates. He didn't believe in doing that, and he didn't. Uh, he looked. Well, he frowned upon dunks. <laughs> uh, he didn't care for people who did that, and nor did he do it himself. And uh, I guess at the very end, you know, and he, he's not only a you know a sports player, but he was also to me one of the best human rights or civil rights activists of his time. He took a lot of Easily. courage to stand up for things that uh, other people were afraid to do at that time. No denying uh, that. Faced yeah. a lot of scrutiny. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, most recently in 2017, I, I read where he, uh, he'd been awarded you know, the uh, Congressional um, Medal of Honor um, by uh, Barack Obama. Well, he went ahead and uh, tweeted after the Colin Kaepernick uh, kneeling uh, criticisms and tweeted a picture of himself with his medal kneeling. And he said, for all those who had the courage, he said, to stand up for what is right. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, you know, he, he was a very intelligent man, too. A great uh, man. Finally, uh, this is the last uh, quote I'll give you from him uh, and that he said. Uh, and that was that uh, he, uh, he, he believed that, you know, it was best for him to do what he ever could do uh, for other people. But he, he said that uh, in his later years, uh, one of his last comments was that he didn't really care what other people thought of him, he said he basically played for the fun that he enjoyed playing the game and that he knew who he was and it didn't matter to him what other people thought of him. So uh, I respected that in him. All right. Uh, another person that passed away for any Trekkies was a lady uh, known as Miss uh, Lieutenant Uhura. Uh, her real name was called Michelle Knuckles. Uh, she died yesterday at the age of 89. So I don't know if you guys you know, care about Star Trek, but... Uh, I liked her role there, but she was the first uh, major, I guess, black uh, African-American player uh, on national TV that ended up having an interracial kiss with Mr. William Shatner, you know, Captain Kirk, which was pretty much controversial back then. Sure. All right. So uh, moving on, guys, um, here's what one of our players thinks about our upcoming season. And, uh, I'm sure you probably may know who might have said this, uh, but he says that uh, I've been working on everything from my hands to the pass rush to the pad level, and he said um, everybody knows we can't have a repeat of last year, and we won't have a repeat of last year. We are determined to do what we have to do to end up in Atlanta by December. Who would you say has made that comment recently? Pad level, I would imagine that's Derek Hall. Mm, close. Mr. Colby Wooden. Colby Wooden. Okay. 
Yeah, good so quote. I mean, they, they've got to take steps forward this upcoming season. Fall camp starts at the end of the week. It's crazy. It's August. Like, the month of August is here, yeah. and so football's right around the corner, Steve. Right. And I heard Luke um, the other day, after I got off the phone, I hear from you, Luke, about numbers. I'm sure you got numbers, but I've got some numbers that may uh, surprise you guys. Go it ahead. Surprise me. This comes from Mr. Field Steel's uh, new uh, you know, uh, Seasons uh, magazine. Have you looked at it? I have. have you yes. Go ahead. Okay, so I guess you know what I'm referring to. Uh, well, this blogger happened to re- reveal the information because I don't have a magazine this year. And he says that uh, our O-line and our D-line are both in the top ten, according to Phil Steele. And he went on to say that uh, in the magazine Phil Steele has our defensive line, the first, ranked first in the SEC. I said, whoa. And offensive line ranked second in the SEC. And that he has us tied for third in the SEC along with Ole Miss and Arkansas. Uh, is that, uh, can you confirm that, JJ? Yeah, I believe so. I believe those rankings are right. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, pretty high on the fact that Auburn's got experience on the, in the trenches, and that certainly matters. I mean, uh, I'm shocked that, okay, you're saying the Augustine's line, according to him, is ranked first above Alabama and Georgia? A really good one. So, and he's not a homer. By any stretch of right, you, you've been tough on him in years past when he hasn't well, thought as highly on the Auburn Tigers. So we'll try Usually, to get a conversation set yeah. up with him as we do. You Please. know, we we interview him every August, so that'll be coming soon. Well, can you share with us or not uh, what his win projection total is for our team this year? I don't have it in front of me right now. And when okay. I do, I'll, I'll be sure to pass that along, and we'll touch on that when he joins the show. All right, great. All right, now, um, how about this one, guys? This comes from Final my, few thoughts, Auburn Steve. Wire. Okay, Auburn Wire. Um, you may want to read this article, but uh, it has, um, where does Auburn rank among college football's top brands? So you may want to read the article. I won't disclose it. Uh, you can read it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And we have a big announcement coming this afternoon, hopefully uh, a big one for us. Mr. Who? Aiden Holloway. Yeah, basketball, 2023, top 50 player in the country, deciding between Auburn and Tennessee. So, look, that basketball coaching staff is all the way across the world in Israel right now, but they would celebrate the commitment of yeah. another top target for sure. Right, he's a uh, four-star point guard, and he'll be making his announcement, says here on Instagram, live uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. our time. Yep. yep. So, all the crystal balls, according to 247 Sports, are going our way. That's what we love to hear. So we shall see. Now, I still can't believe, guys, that somebody whose first name is Auburn did, yeah, did not didn't end up at Auburn. Auburn. Right. Right. Uh, that's almost as, uh, I guess. Uh, it feels well, like we won't have another opportunity at that happening. Uh, it's almost to me as embarrassing as the infamous uh, player with uh, the AU tattoo uh, on his arm. Yeah. Who didn't go to us. Rashawn Evans or Reuben Foster, one of those guys, I always get it mixed up. Ruben. Yeah, Ru- right. Ruben had yeah, the tattoo. I, know. I, I don't want to say his yeah. name, you know. Uh, so. <laughs> or Rashawn Evans' dad went to Auburn, too. Yeah. So, I mean, they're both of A couple are. of guys. But we did get two other commitments, so. Yeah, that good was pick good. Up. But, you know, when well, your name is Auburn. It'd be nice. It'd be yeah, nice, and you sure. need a quarterback in 2023. That's for sure. All right, Steve. Oh, yeah, guys. Thank you for your time. I know my time is way, way up. Uh, I appreciate you letting me make some uh, rambling comments there. And uh, until tomorrow. Uh, the next day I'm available. Uh, guys, I uh, hope you have a restful and uh, safe uh, evening. I look forward to your uh, guest host coming on pretty soon, definitely. And uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Ryan, uh, will, will he be back on? He'll be back tomorrow. 
okay, well, I hope by then he can make some comments like his comments on uh, the movie Nope. Yes, he did see it over the weekend. So, And he's written right, a great. review on our website that you could check out, too. Oh, he is? Okay, yes. I'll go to the website then. There you All go. Right, thank you, guys. War Eagle. All right, War Eagle indeed. That's our buddy retired War Damn Steve joining us there on the program. Good to hear from him as always. A lot of good thoughts around the life of Auburn Athletics. We've got to take a commercial break right now. When we come back, a very special guest has entered the studio. That's right, our good buddy Logan Parks is here. We join him on Sports Call right after this on Tiger 95.9 FM. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. All right, welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson and Tom Peavy Insider Studio. Thanks again to all the phone calls that we've been having and uh, we're getting closer to football season so I know a lot of people want to talk about the year being right around the corner Tom can you believe it it's August 1st I no I can't believe it's (laughs) August 1st I I I was looking at the clock the other day and I saw that and I'm like oh my gosh where where did July go right just flew by yeah it just seems like it was a couple weeks ago I was missing out on my dad's birthday because my mom and dad both had COVID right at the same time and couldn't go and visit the family and sitting there thinking, okay, well, that, that month is gone now. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be football season here before you know it. Indeed it will. However, we'll get to football talk later. We yeah. talk about it a lot. We're going to have plenty of discussion uh, for sure. But we're thrilled right now because our good buddy Logan Parks is here in studio with us. Logan, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. We're excited to talk with you. Uh, Tom, kind of give folks the proper introduction <laughs> for Logan Parks. I'm going to put you on the spot so, here. So, okay. Well, well, my main thing is, uh, so for anybody out there listening, uh, you know, obviously with Auburn, you got football, you got baseball, you got basketball, done great in equestrian, doing great in gymnastics, uh, but bass fishing. Auburn has one of the elite bass fishing teams in the entire country and logan parks has been one of the main reasons why uh that bass team has gone to the the heights that it has so uh and now you've already graduated correct and uh now logan is uh fishing the uh, bass master opens and uh in hopes of trying to get onto the elite series which is the top level in the uh, bass so uh that's a little bit about logan but uh logan how you doing man i'm good man that was uh pretty good intro i don't know <laughs> if i could you can credit me with all auburn team success you know they got a lot of really good members but right. i'm gonna brag on them a little bit they uh we were ranked number two in the country this year yeah. finished the season as the number two school in the nation so very strong team we got here at auburn why what? is auburn good at fishing is there any reason in particular 
Man, there's a lot that goes into it, but, you know, mainly the guys on the team. We've got yeah. a big, diverse group of guys that know a lot of different uh, fisheries. we got uh, some international students. we got a guy from Canada and a guy from Zimbabwe. So wow. we got guys from pretty much all over the country. California, I've got a good friend from California on the team. Just guys from everywhere, and, you know, they fished a lot of different fisheries. So when we travel across the country, they know what to expect at some of these places, and we work together as a team to kind of clue each other in and just dominate, man. How does it work? Because this is this is obviously not like an SEC sanctioned sport or something like that. How does how does college fishing sort of work and operate? Yeah, so there's not really a division. It's every single college. Um, they're all kind of gr- thrown in together, and uh, it's a team of two anglers that competes. So you can earn points for your school, but you're also fishing as an individual boat. So you're fishing together with your teammates for your school but also you're competing against them because there's only one boat that wins each tournament well uh the one thing i was going to look at um we can get we're going to deep dive more into the auburn stuff but uh i, I kind of want to look at just bass fishing in this area because uh, we mentioned the bass team and really i guess things it got notoriety uh when guys like jordan lee and matt lee we're on there. Um, one na- uh, one national titles, uh, individual and team. You've got a guy like Steve Kennedy that is from Auburn. He's one of the the woolly veterans of bass fishing. Mark Daniels Jr. of MLF, right down the road in Tuskegee. Uh, you've got you. You've got all these other guys that have come through Auburn fishing. You've got the Auburn High bass fishing team just won a state title. Why is bass fishing so big? in the Auburn, Alabama area because, man, they just seem like they're producing... It's crazy. They're producing pros like like weeds sprouting. <laughs> yeah, I think that the fact that there's so many diverse fisheries around the Auburn area that makes it really cool for, you know, students at Auburn. You can pretty much drive within an hour and get to all kinds of different fisheries. you got the Chattahoochee River, like West Point, Lake Harding, then Lake Eufaula is its own, you know, it's a big lake. It's right. an hour south of here. And you've also got the uh, the Coosa River, which is an hour, you know, north of here. You got Lake Martin, which is a deep, clear highland, you know, reservoir-ish type place. Right. So there's a lot of fisheries. I would say 10 to 15 fisheries that you can get to within an hour and a half of Auburn that you can go and just do completely different things and learn different tactics to make you more experienced when you go across the country to these new bodies of water you've never been to before. You're from the area, right? Yeah, I grew up in Auburn. I actually, me and my buddy started the Auburn High School bass team back in the day. How about that? So we're promoting a championship that they just won, and you started the team. Yeah, back in the day, it seems like uh, forever ago. It was about, I guess, 10 years ago, but super you know, happy for them and happy to see them continuing on the success of the team. So did you fish your whole life growing up? Like, is this something that your family does, or how, how does Logan Parks become obsessed with fishing? Man, I uh, I grew up, you know, fishing, fishing with my granddad in his pond and our, at our, at his farm. Just grew up liking to catch bass, and uh, I also like to play baseball. And I didn't make the baseball team at Auburn High School, or I guess this was in eighth grade. I didn't make uh-huh. the JV team, and that's when I kind of just decided I wanted to go all in on fishing. We ended up starting the fishing team that same year, a little bit later after the tryouts, and that's when we really started to fish tournaments. I'd never fished tournaments until that until eighth grade and we fished our first tournament and you know fell in love with it and 
got a little bit of a taste of success in 10th grade we came in third at the national championship on the high school level and ever since then you know I've been hooked been wanting to get back to that that feeling of you know being right there and being able to try and you know hunt for the win and that's just really how it started for anybody that has never bass fished JJ yeah uh for real I mean yeah you know, a guy like me that has extensive experience in it, I mean, there's a science to this. It, this is not you just go out and throw a hook in the water and catch fish. I mean, this is a science that goes all the way to the barometric pressure of what's going on with the weather. I mean, things like that. How much of that science for you, the science aspect of fishing, how hard was that for you to learn? Or was that something you were kind of naturally gifted at learning how to figure things out when you're out on the water? I think everybody, you know, has a natural ability to a certain extent, but there's a lot to learn when it comes to bass fishing. There's a lot like, uh, I mean, the, the closest sport I'd compare it to is golf, about how there's a lot of, it's a lot of mental toughness um, going into it. You're you're trying to break down a 50, 60,000 acre body of water, oh. and it's not like fishing your little local pond. You know, most people think that, you know, you're going fishing, you just go out and drink a couple beers with a few buddies and <laughs> drop a, a live worm in there. You know, we can't right. use live bait or anything like right. that. So there's a lot of research, you know, spending hours looking at the map, looking at how the lake sets up, you know, what typically works that time of year, watching YouTube videos, um, you know, talking to your buddies and trying to piece together the fishery. And um, for someone that's never fished a tournament, basically how it works is we go out, you know, we, we blast off at like 7 a.m., and there'll be two to 300 boats in a tournament. So you're fishing against a lot of different boats and you fish until 3 p.m. That's when you come in. But throughout the day, you're trying to catch the five biggest bass that you can catch. And it can be a large mouth, a small mouth, or a spotted bass. And so you're trying to catch the five biggest bass you can catch. Once you get your five that are of keeping size, which is usually like 12 inches, you get them in your live well, you keep them alive all day. And when you catch one bigger than your smallest one, you, it's called culling. So you throw the smallest fish back and basically just try and build your weight up as high as you can all day. And we keep them alive. We weigh them in and we release them to help preserve the fishery and keep, you know, the fishery doing well. So uh, you mentioned YouTube. A lot of that was a foreign language to me, by the way. I'll just be <laughs> honest. I'm picking up with it as I go, but I appreciate the education. Five fish. Yeah. They have to be alive. Totally got that part. I like keeping it alive. I like, you know, hey, we want to have the most, the largest right. weight at the end of the day to win it all. I'm hey, good. Hey, hey, you know, and I'll, I'll say this. I had another question, but, you know, something else that I'm going to say that Logan talked about is protecting the fisheries. You're, you're protecting the fish and the fisheries. There are so many rules that go into uh, both leagues, the the BASS Elite Series. They have different rules than, than the uh, Major League Fishing. But they all have things that protect the fisheries. There's rules that are in place to protect the fisheries, to protect the animals and the species there. So, I mean, it's not like you're just, and correct me, you know, or, or I know you're not going to correct me here because I'm correct with it, but you can add to it. Oh, goodness, JJ. You okay? Yeah, drop the mic there. Yeah, I mean, mic drop. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a careless thing. I, I think there maybe a lot of people – have a misunderstanding of that it, it's not a very careless sport i mean it's it, it is a conservation type thing yeah there's a lot that goes into it um you know that that you don't see that the anglers do to just take care of the fish obviously if you get a dead fish you get a big penalty right so there's a lot that goes into it but you know most all bass fishermen are all about conservation we want to make these waters better than they were when we got there and uh that's the name of the game yeah. 
The one thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned YouTube. Um, obviously, bass fishing, it's kind of one of those uh, niche sports, I guess you could say, that, I mean, you really have to have been doing it for a while. I mean, you don't see a lot of uh, you don't see a lot of older guys jump into it for the first time and get to elite levels. I mean, this you usually got to start pretty young with it, kind of like golf, like you mentioned. Um, but how do you think the internet and YouTube is, uh, you know, excuse me, specifically YouTube is uh, helping grow the sport? Because, I mean, you can go on YouTube, you've got guys like the Guggen Squad, you've got Jacob Wheeler, Dustin Connell. Uh, you've got all these other guys that have this huge following on YouTube, and it seems like it's growing the sport. Yeah, the internet has really helped explode bass fishing. I would say during COVID especially, right. I think there's been a huge increase in people interested in just fishing in general. And uh, TikTok and YouTube have really changed the name of the game when it comes to bass fishing, especially professional bass fishing. It used to be all about, you know, who was the best, who was winning the most tournaments, and that's how, you know, that you made a living fishing. And now – not only do you have to be, you know, very talented and be able to cut checks and win tournaments, but you also got to be very well versed with social media. Right. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that are, you know, on TikTok and YouTube that are doing really, really well and a lot better than some of these guys trying to fish professionally just because they reach more people. Um, so right. social media is, is one of the most important things when it comes to bass fishing right now. And I know that's something that you're getting big into. Logan Parks fishing on Instagram but uh, you've started to get into that as well, right? Yeah, I'm trying to grow my YouTube right now, especially. Um, I've been posting some videos. Me and uh, my partner in college, Tucker Smith, we recently came in second place at the national championship on Lake Pickwick, and I just released a video on it on my YouTube page. So definitely need to check that out, and you might learn a little bit. Is this like a vlog or like what? Are, like a, a as we're going, I'm filming too, or how does all that work? Do you have a, a camera crew with you? How do you do that? I've got a GoPro, so okay. it's kind of just I'm filming it and putting it together myself. It's, you know, cheap, easy to do. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hopefully next year we'll have a camera crew. Yeah. That would be nice. That would um, be amazing for but, you. But uh, just trying to capture the journey, you know. I'm fishing the Bassmaster Opens right now, like Tom said, trying to qualify for the Elite Series. So I'm trying to capture that journey and all the hardships along the way and trying to put that into a YouTube series. So that's kind of been my thing so far this year. Uh now, you mentioned Tucker Smith, and you said y'all finished second just recently. However, it hasn't been that long ago that uh, you and Tucker won the U.S. Open National Championship. Where was that one at? That one was on Table Rock in Missouri. Table Rock in Missouri. Uh, and uh, for we actually mentioned, when that happened, we talked about it on the show. Uh, course, I vividly remember that. Yeah. Uh, I had to make it a point of like, hey, this, hey, this was is a big deal. This, this is, is a big huge. deal, by the way. And I was uh, like, same, oh, wow. Same thing when Jordan Lee has won classics. I was like, hey, this is a big deal. You just don't understand because y'all don't know fishing. Uh, you win this tournament. The two of you split. Y'all are still in, in college now. You split a million dollars. You both get a truck. You both get a boat. Yeah, man. Talk about was, that experience <laughs> for it a was, second. It was a crazy experience. Uh, that the Bass Pro put on this tournament. It was the uh, Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open Amateur Team Championship. So it was only open to what they considered amateurs, and there's a bunch of rules. I'm not really going to go into all that, but that basically qualified you as an amateur. You couldn't have won a certain amount of money, kind of like golf, you know, amateur versus pro. Right. And uh, you basically had to have a Bass Pro branded boat, and they own, you know, a bunch of different brands. Tucker had a Nitro. So we were able to sign up 
for the last chance qualifier. Basically, they had eight or nine qualifiers all season long, and we weren't able to fish any of them because they conflicted with a college tournament. But they had this last chance one in October, or I guess this was in November, um, and it was two days before the championship. Tucker's dad asked if we wanted to fish the tournament, and we're like, sure, you know, like, I'd love to have a chance at winning <laughs> a million dollars. Like, why not? And so we drove out to Arkansas, had a couple of days of practice, and we were able to finish 13th at the uh, qualifier, which they took the top 35 to the championship. And we had half a day of practice on that Thursday. The championship started Friday, and it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there was 350 boats in that tournament. And um, we were able to make it, you know, to the last day, which they cut to top 50. And they zeroed everyone's weights out for that day, and it was the biggest five. Whoever caught the biggest five fish on Sunday took home the prize. And, uh, man, we just had a very blessed day. You know, the good Lord was watching over us, no doubt, and just kind of pointed us in the right direction. And, you know, sometimes when it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And there really wasn't anything we could do wrong that day. And, yeah. It's pretty crazy. That is so cool, man. I mean, yeah. there, there, there are professional anglers, and I mean, elite level professional anglers that don't make five hundred grand in a career. Y'all did it in one. It's pretty crazy yeah. to put it in that. Now, how, how does a tournament like that put you on the map of the the big dudes out there? Uh, the you know the big dog fishers of elite series or MLF. You win a tournament like that and catch national notoriety because I think think y'all got mentioned on ESPN with that. Does a win like that put you on the map with people like, hey, watch this dude? Yeah, no doubt. It was definitely a game changer, you know, for both of us. Both of us want to take it to the professional level. So the amount of exposure and attention it got, you know, that two college kids were able to go and fish against all these grown men and and take on the title, it really got our names out there. All these different news stations and people picked it up. We're on, you know – like probably 50 different podcasts that next yeah. week, like every <laughs> single hour of every single day. And we just wanted to do them all because we knew if we could, you know, get out there as much as possible and get our names out there, that's the name of the game when it comes to bass fishing and getting noticed by sponsors and uh, sponsors, you know, make it happen for you. So that's what we try to do. And obviously, the, you know, all the elites and all the major league fishing pros heard about it. And we got some blowback from those guys. Actually, they were – think a little upset they didn't get to fish the tournament because of the uh, amateur status but uh for the most part it was it was just pretty awesome yeah. tournament i mean i still can't believe that we were able to get that <laughs> win uh, jj i'll tell you this i so i had the uh i was fortunate enough to hang out with a lot of the guys from the auburn bass team yeah and uh logan was there and i i kind of asked him uh, you know asked as the group just kind of asked you know who's the guy that we're most likely going to see in the big time tournaments, everybody pointed at Logan. That's awesome. It was like <laughs> that guy. So that's who, that's who Logan Parks is. Even the whole Auburn Bass team is like, that's the guy that's going to be elite level. How does that make you feel when your teammates say that? Man, they're probably just lying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, I would sure like to be, man. That's the goal. I uh, graduated in December, and I've been fishing this whole spring. You know, I'm not working. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do whatever it takes to try and make it happen and at least give it a few years to, you know, i got a little money now so I can afford to do it for a couple of years, and that's the dream, so we're going to chase after it. Now, I, I ran through some names on here. Uh, I, I specifically mentioned Jordan Lee and Matt Lee. Uh, they were two that I guess really got the Auburn Bass fishing team, not necessarily going, but really put them on the map. And, uh, of course, Jordan ended up winning two Bassmaster Classics. Matt Lee has had a lot of success. Now Jordan is having a great success in the major league fishing. Uh, 
are these are those two guys that you are in contact with or are you ever in contact with a guy like steve kennedy or are there any of the other big time anglers around that that you keep in touch with that you kind of use for uh uh ju- just advice and, and how to get keep going in the industry I mean, is there anything like that you got going on yeah jordan has been very helpful um I actually met Jordan when I started the high school team, and he actually took me and my buddy pond fishing. And this was back when he was at Auburn University before he won the basically the classic, which is basically the Super Bowl. Right, uh, and he won it back to back. He won years. it back. Only third person ever to win it back to back. And uh, so he actually took the time to take us pond fishing, and then to see him go on and have that success, it was really a big inspiration for me um, to see that any you know any college kid can just go and do it and. I mean, obviously, he's not any college kid, but uh, that was just really impressive to me to see. And he's helped me a lot with right. along with my careers. Steve Kennedy's been great, too, um, having those contacts. There's not really a, a playbook on trying to go professional. So <laughs> right. having somebody that, that you, you can talk to and you know you can trust is very helpful. So I appreciate both those guys for sure. You just got to embrace the grind. Yeah, it's it's not easy, you know. you. People people don't see it, but you're out there in 10 degrees and pouring rain and sleet and snow, and you're out there at 4 a.m. <laughs> until dark every day. You're getting five hours of sleep just to go and do it the next day. It's definitely a grind, but I love it. It pays off. I mean, when you win big events like that, that's just crazy to think. And the story, again, to be 13th in qualifying, and then all of a sudden you get a chance to win the big event that you did walking away with a million dollars you and tucker that's awesome yeah it was a blessing for sure man so uh, i'm gonna ask a couple of quick hitting questions before we have to wrap things up we're so. gonna get them for the start of the next hour oh, too. Yeah, so we uh, got, we're, yeah. we're gonna come up against a break but if it's cool i'm gonna hold you for a little bit longer here All right. well we're gonna do some quick hitting questions real quick so uh if i just gave you one rod it doesn't matter what body of water is one rod what are you tying on hmm probably gonna tie on God, that's a tough one, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> you don't have a one go-to that's just like, I. no matter the body order, I'm throwing this. I mean, I mean, let's say down south, at least. Down south. Down that's south. That's going to be different. If you're up on, like, Lake gotta, Champlain, that's going to be different. You got to go with a worm, man. You got to go okay. with a, uh, a shaky head, which is just, you know, like a quarter-ounce jig head with, a, like, a, a long straight-tail worm on it. Right. Like Berkeley bottom hoppers. Very good. Go. one. And, I mean, you catch fish anywhere with that thing. That's definitely the most diverse lure in the in the world. I have nothing to add there, Tom. I mean, I, I okay. don't, I don't have a selection. What? How would you answer that? I actually that, uh, I, with me, it would probably be either a spinnerbait or a uh, bladed jig. Yeah, chatterbait's a good one. Chatterbait, yeah. yeah. That as a bladed jig, it's called a chatterbait, or jack camera, or however you want to call it, or a spinnerbait. But yeah, I mean, Logos I mean, shaky head. You can you can bounce a shaky head around docks, and I mean, you can do anything with a shaky head. I would say a little swim bait, too. A little swim bait, yeah. yeah. Explain this to me, because earlier you said something about... I feel like I'm getting about, interviewed now. <laughs> you said something, Logan, about no live bait. Right. Right? So, what does that mean? So basically, like, most, I feel like most people growing up fishing, me too, we'd go out and fish with live crickets, live worms, at right. my granddad's pond. And uh, when we're fishing these, these big bodies of water and these big tournaments, everything's artificial. And there's some artificial lures that you're still not allowed to use. So basically, it's hard plastic, like jerkbait, topwater, crankbait, like just hard plastic lures. And there's soft plastic lures that are like worms, like imitation of crawfish, like 
just all kinds of different baits, but you can't use live bait in tournaments. Why is that? Because it's just too good, you know, like the bass know that it's real and they want to eat it. And it's more impressive when you can go out there and fool them for real with something fake. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, yeah, you could, uh, you could go out and catch a bucket full of brim hook a brim and throw a brim out there and yeah, catch them yeah. or or hook real crawfish and throw it but i mean that's why well, i say it's it like che- i say it's like cheating i mean that is cheating i mean but i mean even even your everyday angler understands that now you'll use that if you're trying to if you're trying to catch dinner like yeah. if, you, if you're trying if you're trying to catch a whole mess of crappie then you may use something live if you're trying to catch brim yeah, you may use worms, uh, things like that. But like anybody that's actually a sportsman, like bass, you know that it's just kind of a, it's a written rule like in the big time things, but it's also an kind of an unwritten rule in bass fishing. It's like you don't do that. I mean, you, you just don't use the artificial stuff. Always use the artificial. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then, so that's interesting that there are some artificial bait that's also not allowed because basically you're testing who can trick the fish the most. But you could be too good at tricking the fish that then that becomes against the rules. And and one of those Logan can go into is actually named after the state of Alabama. Yeah, the Alabama rig. It's basically <laughs> a big. It's a really big bait. Um, kind of looks like a chandelier, and it's got a bunch of little like bait fish looking baits on the back of it, and it has you know usually five hooks. Uh-huh. So you can literally catch five fish at a time with it, and it's outlawed in all the big tournaments. You're not allowed to use it. Because it really is that good of a bait. Yeah. But, so um, we, yeah, that makes sense then. Basically, like, Bassmaster rules are you can really only have one bait uh, with, like, you know, one hook. You can't have more than one bait on a, your line at one time. That's kind of the main thing. So I think with the Alabama rig, that they'll let you throw it. But it, they let you throw it, but you can only have one, one of your baits is hooked. Because you'll have, like, multiple, like, five little swim baits like a school but only one of those can have a hook in it yes yes in some tournaments okay let's take a break we've reached the end of this first hour of the show i want to continue Uh, i'm being educated and our listeners are as well a lot of good feedback right now online facebook twitter and instagram at sports call au logan parks with us in the studio the first hour of our show has come to a close alongside tom peavy and logan parks i'm jj jackson one hour in the books and we're rolling One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long, 
and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Here inside our studios on South College Street, J.J. Jackson and Tom Peavy, and we are thrilled to have Logan Parks in the studio with us, a national champion for the Auburn Tigers bash fishing team and getting ready to start his professional career in the middle of it right now as we continue our conversation. Let's go into that a little bit more. As you said, you graduate in December, right? I graduated. You graduated in December, right? So what, what have these next steps been like? Kind of walk people through what your year's been like so far. It's been super busy, man. Um, a lot of people also don't realize that the fishing, you know, the, the season actually runs, starts in the fall, and it runs throughout the summer, like all spring, all summer. So if you graduate in December in college, you can still finish out your college season. Right. So I've been fishing all college, all spring, and we've got I got my last college tournament coming up in a few weeks in September, on uh, and that's the national championship for Bassmaster College Series. So, I've been so you could win another college tournament, you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I got one more opportunity. That's so cool. <laughs> but I've also uh, been trying to make it to the Elite Series right. through fishing all nine of the Bassmaster Opens. So I've been gone a lot this spring. I've been fishing, you know, every single week pretty much. It's been crazy. I've fished over 20-something tournaments already this year. Um, but fishing the Bassmaster Opens, I'm in sixth in the Angler of the Year points. And how that works is, you know, first place gets 225 points, and it works down. So the guy at the end of the year with the most points is the angler of the year. He's the most consistent guy over all nine events. They take the top three angler of the year, like anglers, to the Elite Series. And I'm in sixth in points, and we've had five events. we got four more. So I've got four events left to get up into the top three to hopefully qualify for the Elite Series next year. Which would be outstanding if that were to happen. If that doesn't happen, can you basically repeat and do this again the following year or look at other tour series, or how does that how does that work? Yeah, and, I mean, it would be a dream to come true to, to make it my first year. Right. Not many people at all make it the first year fishing the Opens. I'd say on average it takes people four to five years to qualify Holy cow. for wow. the Opens. Um, and you're already in sixth I'm right in now. Sixth, yeah, yeah, right now I'm in sixth out of 225 people. So <laughs> that'd be – be really nice to make it, but if I don't, I'm planning on fishing the opens again next year. They actually just had a big rule change where instead of taking the top three in Angler of the Year over all nine events, next year they'll be taking nine people. So I think if I don't make it this year or next year with the way the rule change has been, I think it'll be a lot Your better. Your chances for me. increase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm they already they're taking what, like one percent right now and I think then they'll be taking eleven percent. So the odds are definitely better than they are now. Tell me about, uh, you mentioned Tucker Smith is who you won the big event with and that's been your college teammate and your buddy. Is he sort of on a similar path to you? Yeah, Tucker's, uh, he was a freshman, I guess, or I guess he's he's a junior now in college. So he's, he's a little Still bit, got a little school left. Yeah, yeah. He wants to finish out school, um, but Tucker, you know, he's an incredible fisherman and just been awesome fishing with him in college. And I have no doubts that he's going to make it to the elite series one day and that'll probably be pretty soon i know as soon as he gets out of college he wants to go and pursue it the same way so 
I have no doubts that we'll be fishing, hopefully, on the lead series together one day. What does your family think about what you do? You know, I, I think at first they may have been a little skeptical. Yeah. Um, obviously, they, they've been supportive of me my whole career, and, you know, I couldn't have done what I do without them. My dad, you know, helped me with my getting get me in a boat and, you know, helped me kind of pursue my dream financially, and I wouldn't wouldn't be able to do that without them, especially all the way through college. And fishing for Auburn, we've had, we have a great program where we raise money through sponsorships, so I've been able to afford to fish all these different places across the country. But I think that they kind of didn't really know what I was going to do when I graduated, and it was kind of like, are you – you get, did you go to the job fair the other day? Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, I didn't go to that. Why would I go to that? I'm going to fish. And, 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 like, especially, like, some of the more distant relatives were kind of like, what are you doing? And right. I think that when I when we won that tournament, definitely it's was like, okay, he can do deal. this. Like, yeah, they're they're like, okay, this is for real. Do you <laughs> My have any... grandma was, like, the one that was most skeptical about <laughs> it. And now she's just tells everybody, like, oh, he, he's got a new truck and a new <laughs> boat. And, she's so spreading the, the news she, for she you. She gets it now. Do you have any siblings, Logan, that are doing this? That I mean, you mentioned your grandpa was someone that you first went out fishing with. No, I actually don't have any siblings. You're an only child. Yeah. How about that? So you in the water and the family around you. Yeah, man. And my dad, uh, he did in tournament fish. So it was kind of like just picking it up on my own and just running with it. And I had a lot of great mentors. You know, my dad was fortunate to work with some guys that did competitively fish that taught me a lot growing up. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at without those guys either. Who who was the first professional angler that you can remember seeing maybe on TV that you're like I, I kind of want to do this? You know I got to go with Bill Dance. Yeah. he's the uh, he's the legend. You know the Tennessee Voles hat. Um, <laughs> every, I mean even people that don't fish for the most part everyone knows right, Bill Dance knows yeah. of Bill Dance and his bloopers and oh. just his fishing TV show. And I remember watching Bassmaster too growing up on TV, um, watching the reruns of the classic and seeing those guys hold up that trophy with all that confetti falling down around them. And I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to have that feeling and be in that moment and hold that trophy up in front of those thousands of fans. And it's just been the dream. You mentioned watching the classic and watching them hold the trophy. And I can't believe I listed off all these names and I left out probably one of the most important names in bass fishing. And that's Ray Scott. Uh, Ray Scott, the founder of BASS, the Bass Angler Sportsman Society, an Auburn graduate. And seems important. It seems important. <laughs> the, yeah. the the godfather of bass fishing is an Auburn grad. Hey, did, you, did you ever get a chance to meet Ray Scott? I never actually got a chance to meet Ray Scott in person. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he actually sent me and Tucker a letter. Okay. Um, you know, he passed away recently. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. And, uh, I guess this was back in December after we won before he passed away. He sent us a letter, and it was a handwritten note congratulating us on the win. Just super cool to, awesome. to see the, the legacy of just entire bass fishing that goes through Auburn University. It's pretty cool yeah. to see. But nobody would be doing bass fishing today if it weren't for Ray Scott, that's for sure. Yeah. Hey, that's why I can't believe I left Ray Scott out. I mean, that is literally the most important guy. I did have a chance to meet him. They used to do Bass University. And uh, a lot of those anglers came through Auburn and did whole clinics. And, yeah, Ray Scott was there. I got a chance to sit down with him. And he invited me to go fishing with him at his lake in Pentlala, and I never got a chance to. I bet that would have been fun. Well, I mean, that's a lake <laughs> that presidents go and fish. Yeah. 
That's a big deal then. And I got invited to go fish with the Ray Scott in Pentwala, Alabama. Incredible. I just didn't get a chance to do it, (laughs) unfortunately. Logan Parks is here with us on Sports Call today. Again, a national champion for the Auburn Tigers, a winner of $1 million, a truck, a boat. I mean, you got the red carpet rolled out for you with that. I want more stories, though, from the event. As it's happening, do you feel pretty good about your chances? Or in a tournament like this, again, for people who have never seen this or participated, how much of an idea do you have of what other boats are doing at that time. I don't imagine that there's some big live TV that's giving people updates while you're competing or that sort of thing. So uh, when you go back to that big win you had, were you aware of how well you guys were doing compared to the rest of the field? Well, so for most tournaments, you you know prepare for the tournament by practicing. And for people that don't fish, you've got a giant body of water like Table Rock is huge. It's got lots of I don't know how many miles of shoreline it is, but it's a lot. It's big. Um, And there's just millions of places that a bass could be, and there's a lot of water that's what we call dead water. There's just no fish there, or at least we don't catch fish there. So you're trying to eliminate as much water as you can in practice. And I believe for the the championship, there was like a five-day practice period. So there was people from the other eight qualifiers that had been there for five days practicing. And we qualified on Wednesday, right. got to practice until 1 p.m. on Thursday, and then fished the tournament Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're, the odds were, I would say, stacked up against us no a little kidding. bit. Um, but, you know, we just rode around and, and just looked for stuff that looked good. And kind of on day one, we fished and tried to catch what we caught. And uh, we caught like 13 pounds on day one, and that actually had us in 10th place was like wow it's you know a lot tougher than i thought it would be i didn't think we would be up there so we knew going into day two um if we could just catch another 13 pounds we'd have 26 pounds for two days that would probably have us in the top 50 so we went and you know we caught 13 pounds by like 9 a.m and we rode around actually the rest of the day looking for more places and kind of practicing because the way the tournament worked on the final day the weights were zeroed so it was pointless for us to, you know, catch more fish that might help on the final day. Um, and that moved us up to eighth place. So on the final day, the weights were zeroed and there was, you know, 50 boats left out of a 350 boat tournament. It was a really big tournament, probably the biggest tournament I've fished. Um, but the, you know, the like first place after day one and first place after day two, they'd been catching, you know, consistently 16 to 17 pound bags. So we figured to have a chance at winning, we needed, you know, 16-plus pounds. Um, so that's, you know, what we tried to do going out there into day three. And we actually had a camera guy with us, uh-huh. which was super cool. Um, I actually got the footage of the, the tournament on my YouTube page. If anybody wants to go back and watch it. I'm going to have to do that. It's called the Million Dollar Fish. Um, but the camera guy was with us, and our, our fishing the fish would start biting kind of when the wind would pick up and i think the current would start running around like the afternoon a little bit like 10 11 o'clock kind of late in the morning so we we really didn't catch much at all um on the final day and i think our camera guy was considering leaving and going <laughs> and getting in another boat and we kept telling him man like it's gonna happen just just wait and we rode past a place that we hadn't caught fish off of the whole entire tournament and there was a bunch of seagulls and like loons and different birds that like fish eating birds diving into the water, like hovering above the water. 
And usually that's a sign that there's bait Something's fish. Something's there. Yeah. yeah. Bait fish. Bait yeah. fish that are getting pushed up to the surface because there's a predator underneath them, which was bass. So we pulled up and uh, used our electronics to actually look out in front of the boat and we could see the bait right under the surface. And there was big fish all down underneath them. So we we're actually casting to the fish and catching them. And I think we put 15 pounds in the boat in the matter of 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, it happened really quick. And that was, you know, significantly more than we caught the first two days. So we were pretty hyped up. And the payout was insane for that tournament. Like 10th place was 15 grand. Wow. Second place was 200 Gs. So we were thinking like, all right, we just made some money, guys. Like, let's go. (laughs) And uh, they quit biting for us. We rode around, you know, like bounced around. Like as soon as they quit biting – me and Tucker are the kind of guys, like, we like to fish fast. We're going to fish for active feeding fish. So we would leave and go somewhere else. We kind of rode around and never found anything else. And with about 30 minutes of fishing time left, we rode back over to that place. And both of us caught a three-and-a-quarter-pound fish, which got rid of, like, a two-and-a-half-pound fish. So that got us up to what we what we weighed in, which was, like, 16.41, um, which – we know we had a scale and we weighed them unofficially and we knew we had 16 something we were just like man wow we we might pull this off but totally expected someone to come in with 17 pounds right um but we got back to the weigh-in and they had the top 50 guys like they knew kind of unofficially what everyone had because you were supposed to submit it so they sent 40 of them up to weigh in and they held 10 of us and then they came around, made us put all of our fish. So how, how the weigh-in process works, you put your five fish in a mesh bag and you kind of like hold them in a, in a bump tank, which is just like an aerated tank, a fish tank that keeps them alive. They can swim around inside the mesh bag, but you keep it closed. Then you walk, you walk up on stage and put your mesh bag on the official scale and weigh your fish. So they walked around with like a little hand scale and weighed the top 10s bags unofficially on just a cheap hand scale they wrote these weights down they sent four more guys up and so then we were like wow like we're in the top six (laughs) at this point they send us up there and everyone gets in line in a random order and they come by and ask everyone their boat numbers and me and tucker were in third and they told us to switch with fourth place because they were trying to stagger it by like the biggest bags weighing at the end right for the tv show that they made and so we're like holy cow like <laughs> we're, we're in like the top three and then they told fifth to switch with us so we're like all right we're in second place now like what and then they asked the guys behind us what boat number they were and they said all right you guys are good and we we're like no like uh, we're, we're gonna get beat you thought but, you were gonna uh, finish second yeah it turns out that the little like the cheap scale they used weighed our bags the exact same because it was that close. Oh wow! And the uh, the big official tournament scale, we know we walked up there and weighed sixteen point four one, and I think those guys had sixteen point one eight. So it was roughly about three ounces less than us. Um, but you know, I didn't know if we had it or not. We go up on stage, weigh that in. They're trying to talk to us, and you know, we can't even hardly talk. Hands are shaking. <laughs> like, dude, just let them weigh in. Like, let's figure out who won this <laughs> thing. They, oh my crazy, god, it is man. so crazy that. And just to think about it, Logan, that literally point something of an ounce is the difference between splitting a million dollars, both getting a truck, both getting a boat. Right. And obviously, you're going to get paid for second place, but you're not getting all of that. And you're literally talking about point 
something of an ounce. Right. Yeah. That crazy. is just mind-numbing to think about that when it comes to bass fishing. Yeah, fishing can be a game of ounces, especially uh, on table rock, yeah. you know, where there's, like in Florida, there's really big fish, and it's easy to put a big gap, you know, in between you. But at table rock, a three-pounder was golden, and right. there was a lot of 15-, 16-pound bags. But essentially, your story was remarkable. It confirmed what I thought and in, in, in kind of what I asked you, that this final day, as you're going along and you're going from spot to spot and trying to find the best places to uh, be located, you have no idea what the other boats are doing. So, no like, clue. you could feel pretty great about what we're doing, but, damn, maybe we're not the best yeah. out of 50 boats that are remaining. Like, you have zero idea what the rest of the competition is doing. You're truly just having to rely on what you guys can do. Yeah, you know, we had no idea even when we got back um, and – kind of something that told us that we might have a shot to win was when we pulled up to the boat ramp and obviously Bass Pro sponsored the tournament so they had all the Bass Pro Shop sponsored pros there and all of those guys came to us and wanted to like they were videoing us on their phones for <laughs> Instagram videos wow. like interviewing us and like you're talking about like pros like Randy Howell and guys like that like coming and David Walker coming and talking to us like so how'd you guys do today? And we're like, why are you, why are all y'all crowding around <laughs> us? Like, and then they wouldn't tell us anything. Um, but man, I'll tell you that that winning moment was special. We got to go up on the stage, oh. and they had all the fishing legends up there. Kevin Van Dam was there. Roland Martin was there. Oh wow. Um, I mean, literally every Bill Dance was there. Jimmy Houston was there. Like all the iconic the legends. You know, legends of bass fishing that made the sport what it is were up on stage with us and. Jimmy Houston like grabbed me by the shoulders and was like, "I think you got him, boys." <laughs> and weighed in, and man, me and Tucker were crying on Jimmy and Bill Dance's shoulders. It was incredible. And goodness, Johnny Morris was up there and gave us the checks, and it was like that moment that I'd seen on TV as a kid when that somebody was holding up the classic trophy with a confetti. Yeah. But it was, you know, I was living that moment. It was really special. Did you guys have family out there with you, or was this something that they were having to watch yeah, from our, back here? Our families actually flew in um, and surprised us, and they were there for the weigh-in the final day. So you so, got to celebrate with them Yeah, then. they got to come up on stage with us, and, you know, everybody was just crying. It was <laughs> it was really special. Well, something now, I'll never forget. Oh, absolutely. Well, now, you've talked about, you know, you're doing these open trying to get into the elite series uh classic it bassmaster classic for folks that don't know i think you refer to it as like the super bowl i mean it is the classic is the event that pretty much if you grow up and and decide to be a pro angler the classic is it is that your ultimate goal yeah obviously you know the goal right now is to make to the elite series and that's you know the best way to qualify for the classic I want to make it to a classic. I'd like to win a classic, you know, but really I, I, the goal right now is to just focus on making the Elite Series and, you know, staying on the Elite Series because once you make it, it's not easy to stay on there either. Those right. guys are the best in the world. But I want to fish professionally and I want to, you know, be the best. And so that's kind of the goal right now is just to get on the Elite Series and compete against those guys and hopefully a classic will come down the road. You never know what could happen. 
Talking with Logan Parks here on Sports Call. Again, follow him on Instagram at Logan Parks Fishing. You'll be directly linked to his YouTube. Go and support him any way you can. All right, I got a couple of more for you. Again, you're far too kind with your time today. This has been a whole lot of fun. And oh, you know, uh, you could just be out fishing. Very exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we, we take take a look at uh, kind of what's next for you as you've been talking about and uh, all your days fishing. Would your teammates and, and family and the people close to you, would they say that your personality is similar when you're fishing? Do you change at all? Like Logan Parks, when you are actively in the zone trying to win tournaments and that sort of thing, what do you like out there? Man, I, I get in the zone and I get, you know, tunnel vision pretty bad <laughs> sometimes to where like really all I'm focused on is the next tournament or the next fish that I'm trying to catch. Um but I would say for the for the most part, I'm still the same person. I mean, I I cut up. I'm a little goofy on the boat, and there you I, go. I, I like to be serious, but I also don't like to take things a little too seriously. Um, so I, I I would say I'm about like I am right now, just just uh, a little bit more focused. So uh, let's just say you're in a tournament and you catch an eight. Are you more Mike Iaconelli or are you I'm, more Jordan Lee? I'm Mike Iaconelli. I'm freaking out. You're I'm, freaking out. <laughs> not, okay. not that crazy, but I'm, I'm still going crazy, man. I mean, we uh, – on that in that million-dollar tournament, we hadn't caught, you know, a big one all week in practice or, you know, the first two days of the tournament. And I caught a four-pound smallmouth on the final day of the tournament. Right. And, you know, we were, we were going crazy for that one. And, you know, at, at, uh, at Pickwick, too, at the national championship – me and Tucker had a pretty cool moment at the very end of the day on day two, and we thought we'd won the tournament, but we actually ended up second. But we doubled up, and we caught a oh, seven wow. and a four and a half. Whoa. And uh, we went crazy. Um, and you can see the video of that, but, man, we that's probably the craziest I've gone in a long time on the boat. I'll have to show JJ some videos of Mike Iaconelli. Yeah, please yeah, do. You'd be a, your mind would be blown. <laughs> yeah. You might not want to get into fishing after watching those. <laughs> Well, see, you know, Jordan Lee, he gets – all these guys get excited when they catch a big one, but there's some that are a little more laid back. Jordan Lee's kind of a fist-bumping, you know, fist-pumping, and he's like, yeah, you know, he just, but he's kind of in there. Iconelli is about to dive in the water and start yeah. swimming laps around his boat <laughs> while he's screaming at the top of his lungs. You put a lot of time and effort into it, I would imagine. You deserve to celebrate yeah, a little sure. bit. Also, it's, it's, it's upsetting, too, because things don't always go your way. You know, you get those big fish right to the boat, and they'll come off, or they'll oh, break yeah. your line. And so there's a lot to get upset about, too, so you got to get it. I got pretty good about, you know, keeping my composure, and that's important, too. <laughs> so so you have an eight coming to the boat, and it breaks off, or you're more Mike Iaconelli or more Jordan Lee? <laughs> Probably more Jordan Lee at that moment. Iconelli, Depends on if there's a camera or not. Iaconelli would snap a rod over his leg and throw it across the lake. Yeah. I think he's actually done that on camera. So if everyday <laughs> people come to you, or, or anybody really in your fishing world and community, and just talk to you about the frustrations – they experience like i just don't want you know the, the the stereotypes that are out there about oh we're just you know like you said earlier sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for something to happen like how do you tell people how do you convince them that it's worth the wait you know study up a little bit more on what's going to be successful like how do you handle those conversations when people try to tell you fishing is boring or something like that or how do i improve the experience what do you say I would say they wouldn't say it's boring if they came fishing with me. <laughs> <laughs> there you but, go. Uh, you know, if I would say, you know, for beginners, the best thing that you could do is just 
is just go fishing and not try and take it overly too far at, at yeah. once you know like you don't have to have a expensive bass boat and go fish the best lake in the country you can just go to a pond and you know go to the pond on different days go when it's cloudy go when it's sunny go when it's windy go when it's stormy and just kind of learn what the fish do during those different conditions and that's kind of how i got started and just kind of took it from there to you know fishing lakes and fishing big bodies of water and you know just start simple and grow from there and i was gonna say you know for the for the young the young anglers, they're, they're a perfect spot in this area is the Lee County State Lake uh, out towards Beauregard. You can go and get in a – you can rent a John boat. You can fish from the bank if you want to, but it's nice. You get in a John boat. And like Logan said, you can go out there and fish different conditions, but everything is marked. It's very stocked, so most of the time you're going to catch something. For somebody young trying to get into it, that's the perfect place to kind of learn the ways. And, and, yeah, instead of having a – seventy thousand dollar boat with yeah. all the bells and whistles and five hundred dollar rods and reels and all that kind of stuff you you don't need that starting out no yeah, and youtube too youtube it, is where it's out if you're you, learning you learn a ton on youtube anything in life at this point but yeah. especially the yeah. uh the fishing community and go support logan and what he's got going on there on youtube as well and i loved your answer look if you think fishing is boring then you clearly haven't had the pleasure of going fishing with Logan Park. So, Tom, we're going to have to get out there on a boat with this guy at some point. I, I've been you telling him that every, every, <laughs> every, every time we see each other, I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to go. But uh, <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask, I think there's a, also a misconception that that bass fishing, I guess because it was kind of founded down south, that it's, you know, kind of a southern thing, that it's a, I even want to say redneck thing. But, I mean, if you go through and you look at the, you know, the world of fishing, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of Southern guys that dominate it, but, I mean, some of your bigger guys are not from the South. Van Dam's from Michigan. Iconelli's a Northern guy from, I think, New Jersey. You well, and, and guys Logan, from California that are really good. For folks that missed our start of the conversation, you mentioned earlier on the Auburn University team, right? You've got a right. Canadian on the team with you. You've got someone from Zimbabwe as well. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah, there's bass everywhere, man. Yeah. People love to fish. They have tournament fishing actually in Zimbabwe. And uh, this kid, Sam, reached out to me on Instagram asking about the team when I was the president. I recruited him to come to Auburn. And uh, so that's pretty crazy, man. I mean, the, the fishing community is worldwide, no doubt. That's amazing. All right, let's start to wrap with this. Again, Logan Parks is here with us in the studio. You said you grew up in the area. You went to Auburn University. You're an alum. I would imagine that you enjoy Auburn football games on Saturday. Is that fair to say? No doubt. <laughs> What do you think about this Auburn football team going into this upcoming season, man? I'm a little nervous. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. You know, I, I uh, haven't really been following it too closely. I'm just kind of – it's going to be like opening a Christmas present. You never know what's going <laughs> to yeah. be – what's going to happen. But Auburn, Auburn always makes things interesting. I have no doubt that uh, Coach Harsons will – get them boys in shape and get them ready to play some ball this fall. I'm excited. They really do make things interesting, Tom. We know that yeah. to be true. They do. Yeah. <laughs> They, you know, and the crazy thing to think about is we've actually got Auburn basketball to look at before we even get the football. That's right. Playing yeah. tomorrow in that's, Israel. That's a right. lot going on. Yeah. A lot it's going on. Crazy how these 
things work out. No kidding. Logan, thank you again for being here today, man. This has been a whole lot of fun. Tell us one more time where we can find your stuff. And look, we want people to support you in any way possible. So how can they do and, that? And the Auburn Bats. And, and, and exactly. The Bats and your team, team that you play. How, how can we support you guys? Yeah, you know, follow me on uh, social media on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. It's Logan Parks Fishing. And then uh, check out the Auburn University Bass Team. That's what their name is on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, just uh, really support those guys. And I appreciate y'all having me on. It's been a pleasure. We'll War do Eagle. this again sometime. War Eagle indeed. That's our good buddy Logan Parks joining us here on Sports Call. We're back in a moment on Tiger 95.9. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? This is Andy Bertram, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. All right, welcome back into Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson and Tom Peavy from Insider Studios here on South College Street. Our thanks once again to Logan Parks of Major League Fishing, of the Elite Bass Series, of Auburn University fame. I mean, he's just doing big things. And uh, he was just with us here inside our studio for about an hour, Tom. Yeah, I, I, thank you to Logan for sticking it out with us and just answering all of our questions. Yeah, trying to trying to educate JJ a little bit on, on the world of bass fishing. It's a growing sport. That's one of the things that we've talked about, and especially the influence of social media, YouTube and Instagram, TikTok, and all that is really growing the sport. And and, uh, and Logan is one of those is benefiting from that and. You know, very, very possible, and very, I would even say likely one of the next big-time rising stars. No kidding. In, no in, question. In, in the bass fishing world. I loved his composure the whole time. Absolutely. I mean, just so relaxed and chill and humble and, like, he, I want to be a fisher guy now. He is, he is, he is I don't even know the terminology. Guy. Angler. Angler. But I want, to, I want to be a fisher guy. <laughs> angler. An angler. Yeah. Professional angler. Um. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Logan is very laid back. He, he's cool, calm, and collected. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mentioned you talk to anybody on the Auburn bass fishing team, but I think even also if you talk to some uh, guys that are already in those elite series MLF that are familiar with what's going on in the college ranks and things like that, Logan Parks would be a guy, if you were to, if you were to kind of ask any of those, hey, who are the top up-and-coming guys? Logan Parks is always going to be a guy that is mentioned. Cause, I mean, he is – already that much on the map in the world of bass fishing that the big-time anglers would point to him and say he is one of the rising stars. I didn't really grow up in a, a fishing world, so right. to speak, or I mentioned having gone, you know, counting on one hand the number of times I've been fishing. I do, like Logan saying, getting started with his grandpa, I remembered some early days going out and fishing 
with my papa and and then when he passes away it was just something that the family didn't really continue so to speak so not something that i was necessarily uh ingrained in but listening to him kind of talk about you know what he does day to day to get to the level that he has my mom listening wanting to clarify again to let people know out there logan parks as a junior in college won one million dollars and two boats and two trucks that he split with his fishing partner tucker smith also an auburn university student again one million (laughs) dollars as a junior in college in one tournament yeah like people wanting to make sure they're texting did i hear that right yeah you did yeah you did again one million dollars in one tournament, just unbelievable what he was able to do and representing Auburn University, although he said War Eagle right before he left Absolutely. the studio. I mean, well, and we mentioned. And from the Auburn area, he started the Auburn High School bass fishing team. Well, and as you said, they just won the state championship last year. Yeah, they, they won the state championship. Auburn High team won out of 117 teams. They won the, the state yeah. championship. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we mentioned Jordan Lee. Jordan Lee was a. a uh, a national champion individual and team here at Auburn uh, won back-to-back classic championships and he, he fished both tours now he's mainly with the MLF but we were kind of estimating I, I had his career earnings pulled up from one Logan had his career earnings pulled up from the other uh, this guy has made over three million dollars not too shabby bass fishing an Auburn grad he's a he's a gun he's a Lake Gunnersville guy uh, from Coleman, I, or I don't know if he's from Coleman. I can't remember if he's from Coleman, but I know he's he's a Lake Gunnersville guy for a little bit further north than Coleman. But uh, came down here to Auburn and uh, has become one of the biggest, hottest stars in the bass fishing world. And and he's an Auburn graduate and has made over three million dollars in career earnings. Well, Logan Parks is a type of guy that can get to that level. I, I fully think he can. And like I said, if you were to go around and ask people like Jordan Lee, Steve Kennedy one of the top veteran anglers uh, in the world is from Auburn, Alabama, still lives here. You know, any of these guys, if you ask who the top up-and-coming anglers are, Logan Parks is going to be one that's mentioned. He, he is, you know, if you if you think about the world of other sports, he would be, uh, in baseball, he would be that minor league prospect. That, that you're so excited about, he, yeah. He would be the minor league prospect because that's kind of those opens that you're doing. You're trying to qualify and get up there to that level. Um, in golf, it would be one he's of He's going to get there. Oh, yeah, it's just as he's, he's it, it in sixth be, right now. Right. It may not be this year, but then when he added that, okay, next year they're expanding to the sure. top nine. Right. Yeah, he's – He'll be there. He's going to be there. He, he's going to be there. And, I mean, he's already winning tournaments. So, I mean, I I, I think Logan Parks is going to be a name when you when you start, you know, a couple of years down the road when you're looking at the at, at the biggest names in, in bass fishing. I think Logan Parks is going to be one of those here. And we can say that we had him in studio when he was – Right here in studio. When he was trying to get it going. Love it. I love it. Brent Daughtry here with us on the program. Again, coming up a little bit later in our show. It's a Monday, so we'll have best and worst of the weekend. We'll have a nightly TV guide. Still got to celebrate some birthdays today. And Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On 3 Sports set to join the program a little bit later today. Uh, but uh, Brant, it's August. Like it the is August. It's flying by, man. Eighth eighth month of the year, man. Yeah, 
and the one-year anniversary of Brent Daughtry being an Auburn yeah, resident. Yeah, Let the world uh, know. A, a year ago today, I'm, I moved into the house that I'm living in right now, and a year ago tomorrow will be my first day working here. So uh, coming up on a, a full year of being a member of Tiger Communications full-time, and, you know, what a, what a what a year it has been. Yeah, one year, the one-year review for Brent Daughtry. Tom, you want to keep him around? <laughs> yeah, we, we can keep him around a little bit. <laughs> I like to think I, I add some value. Yeah. Some. We're, we're going to keep you around. I, well, I appreciate it. I like it. I like if you'll it. have me. Um, Tom, you said it a moment ago, but uh, Auburn men's basketball, and, and Steve brought it up earlier, that are in the mix for Aiden Holloway, who's a top 50 player yeah. in the country. He's going to choose between Auburn and Tennessee later tonight, 7 o'clock Central Time, with Paul Biancardi from ESPN. He'll make his live announcement. But the Tigers play tomorrow. Yeah. They play tomorrow in Israel. Yeah, they, they're playing tomorrow in Israel. I mean, and it's something that SEC Network is, uh, has sent a crew to follow Auburn around in Israel while they're playing. And, uh, man, such a great opportunity for, uh, for, for those kids, the Auburn kids, to be able to see a foreign country, to be able to play against some of the, uh, the Israeli guys over there. And uh, there's a, you know, the unfortunate aspect of it. There was a, one group that tried to politicize things a little bit with that. And, and uh, fortunately, it didn't put a damper on it. I'm glad Bruce Pearl came out and, uh, you know, spoke out against uh, what was being said and saying, you know, this is not a political trip. This is a sports trip. And, you know, people need to quit trying to politicize that so much. Let these kids go and have fun, you know, and play their basketball. So, it's something I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, for just the fact that it's Auburn playing in Israel, that's just going to be cool. But, man, there's some new faces on that team that I really want to see. Uh, some guys that are supposed to be replacing the studs that you lost last year. You're hoping to see what those guys are made of a little bit. It's a big year It's uh, for men's basketball because you don't have – the number one player in Jabari Smith. Right. You don't have a first-round selection in Walker Kessler. How can they rebound and reload, so to speak? A lot of guys coming back, and the the beauty of getting to play in these foreign tour events is that you get to see them a little bit earlier. Yeah. Granted, you're not going to take uh, – I mean, you're not going to have these major takeaways from what we see three games in Israel that don't count. It is basketball overreaction season. But – <laughs> but at least it's something, and you really can benefit from this. The coaching sure. staff will learn some things from this, getting to play competitions that they don't normally do. Yeah, I just—they've uh, been practicing with the with the international basketball. It's a slippery ball, so uh, yeah. Hopefully that hopefully that doesn't cause too much problems for them. Let's let's deliver some news for people out there as Auburn baseball has a big announcement to make as they have just announced officially that uh, David Trainrock is coming over to be the new pitching coach for the Auburn University Tigers. He is replacing uh, the coinciding departure. Of Tim Hudson, Shane Rock comes to the plane with 38 years of coaching experience, including the last 18 seasons as the head coach at Memphis. His career also includes seven seasons as a pitching coach and recruiting coordinator in the Southeastern Conference at Kentucky, Georgia, and Mississippi State. For Tim Hudson, following his three-year stint as the Auburn pitching coach, Auburn in their press release announces that Hudson will serve as the head coach at Lee Scott Academy, where his son is entering 
his senior season. A quote from Hudson, Auburn University has been special to my family and I for nearly three decades, and I couldn't thank Butch and his staff more for the opportunity to give back to the program during the last three seasons. Being able to help lead these young men back to Omaha was something I will cherish forever. We have two daughters attending Auburn this fall, and our son will be a senior in high school. It is time for me to devote my time and energy to my family during this important and busy season of our lives. Auburn baseball is in great hands, and I look forward to cheering them on from Plainsman Park, War Eagle. So, big Auburn staff changes. And again, here in a few days, uh, we're going to get a chance to catch up with Butch Thompson to talk about all the guys being drafted. Program record Eight Auburn baseball players were drafted into the big leagues over the weekend. We saw Sonny Deshera's debut for the Huntsville Trash Pandas. His first game, two for two, an RBI double. Uh, you know, he walked twice and was hit by a pitch. He stepped into the batter's box five times in his first game as a professional baseball player and got on base all five times. We're pretty used to seeing that from yeah, Sonny Deshera. At the double-A level, yeah. pretty rare to jump out of the gates and go right to double-A. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the dude just started hitting right away as soon as he got there. Yeah, let's not forget that about three-quarters of the way through the season, his on-base percentage was over 500. And that that's just continued. He's going to take the walks if you give them to him. He's going to hit it if you put it over the plate. And, you know, obviously getting hit by a pitch is kind of a, you know, whatever. You'll take it. So yeah, Sonny, Sonny's, Sonny's a beast, man, and it, it, that's going to continue. You, you'll you'll take it. I, I wonder how much the uh, hit by pitch may have been on purpose. I don't. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, did he? Well, you, oh, you well, don't I, usually I, see guys getting mad because the other because the, the batter just wins the matchup. You know, usually you have to do something extra. Well, but I, I but I, I went, in today's the, game, sure. The way I'm looking at it is it's it's a guy that it's a guy that is playing in his first game. He hits a single. He narrowly misses a grand slam. It seems like that third time they're like, "You need to welcome him to the pro game. You need you need to put one on him." Well, welcome well, to welcome to pro baseball, kid. And there you go. And he, I, that happens. I, you it know, does. So. It really does. It does. Uh, Aaron Judge is hitting home runs uh, galore at the pro level at the major league level, and they're either throwing at him or walking him at this point mm-hmm. because, hey, stop doing that. And that's just kind of what happens in baseball. Sure. So, hey, kid, you might be really great out of the gates, but let me plunk you one time and kind of humble exa- you a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're, we can't speak. We didn't ask the pitcher uh, yeah. himself directly, but I'm totally fine with that assumption. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like I said, first game ever as a pro and you go single-double, yeah, it seems like – Makes perfect sense. Bring you back down to earth a little bit. Drill you right in the shoulder blades with one. Yeah, so there we are. We're kind of <laughs> jumping around the bases, uh, so to speak. Well, the, the pitcher in this clip is very obviously ticked off that he hit him. Oh, he was he? trying to go up and in, but he was not trying to hit him. Okay. Brant put our fun story to bed. Because yeah. it's not – w- look, I, I, hate, I hate the idea of I'm mad, so I'm going to hit you with this – Rock that's traveling. Well, Tom miles and I an hate the idea too, but people do I, it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's done as much anymore. But you, people you, do it. Very rarely do you see somebody hit intentionally, especially in the minors. Like you, you're not going to do that. That's, those I, are all kids. All right, well, not all of them, I, but most most people in Double A are younger. Counterpoint. That's an older person. Counterpoint. Thing. I think, and again, 
no minor league experience to speak of. Me neither. It's not like I, you know, either of us, any of the three of us have years of being a minor league broadcaster. But if there are some minor league guys that, again, some people play eight or nine years of professional baseball just to make it to double A. Yeah, absolutely. And then you see a guy that's just drafted that gets a big deal, gets a big signing bonus, and all of a sudden you're playing double A baseball. Yeah, earn your stripes, kid. Like that's not unheard of. So you're you're ticked off that he's gotten on base twice. So you're gonna put him on base. I'm again? not defending the oh, action. I'm just, I'm I, just it, saying the story doesn't make the mindset doesn't make sense. But to me. it's a mindset no, the, that's there. Yeah. The, well, yeah, the mindset is there, but also the mindset is not. I'm mad that you just did that. It's more like, hey, we let's put the kid in his place, and, and, and that's that's more that. Not hey, we're mad this guy's getting hits off of us, so we're gonna hit him with the ball. It's like. It, there is there are things that just happen in baseball that are just you know there's the unspoken rules about when you're supposed to hit somebody and obviously if you throw at somebody once and you miss them you're not supposed to go at them again you had your chance yeah and yeah I mean for a kid to come up first game ever and he gets two hits I could definitely see somebody throwing one at him we've reached the end of the second hour of sports call here today one hour left to go alongside Tom Peavy and Brant Daughtry my name is JJ Jackson two hours of the Bucks and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry. Two hours of the show have concluded. Coming up in about ten minutes or so, we will chat with Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live and On3 Sports about the weekend that was for Auburn Athletics. Big Cat weekend. A lot of recruiting news for the Tigers. We'll focus more on that a little bit later in the week when some of the recruiting experts from the Auburn media join our show. A bigger topic of conversation with Justin is just the fact that, hey, Auburn basketball plays games tomorrow in Israel. And then also noteworthy, hey, this weekend, a.k.a. Friday, fall camp starts for the Auburn Tigers because today is August 1st, 2022. The summer has gone. It is August. There will be college football played this month. Week zero at the end of the month, and then on Saturday, September 3rd, the first Auburn University football game 
of the season when the Tigers take on Mercer. Two hours of the show have finished today. Let's give you the Daily Show recap. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? All right, our Daily Show recap. What's happened on the show today, Tom? Uh, Logan Parks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have we have definitely uh, delved into the world of bass fishing. We had um, uh, Auburn alum Logan Parks, who was a professional bass angler, and yeah, we spent the entire, pretty much the entire first half. Uh, our first hour and some of the second talking to Logan just about bass fishing, his stories of uh, winning tournaments and just kind of the growth of bass fishing. Uh, we've also had uh, Matt from Auburn. We had Steve um, talking stuff with Auburn sports and uh, a little bit of everything there, but uh, it's been mostly bass fishing to the vast majority of the show this time around. And I don't mind that since I'm a bass angler myself. You've had a great show so far. I, oh, Your I mean, performance I, has been terrific. I, I've loved it. Yeah. It's been awesome. We uh, it was awesome to catch up with Logan Parks. Glad he took time out of his schedule. Anytime people are willing to come into our studio, yeah, and deliver a great conversation in sports that you're not going to find elsewhere, that's what we appreciate here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We pride ourselves on uh, the number of guests, the quality of guests that join us on the show, and that only continues here. Uh, Want to let you know a little bit later. In the week, we'll continue to have amazing conversations uh, with people across the sports industry. Jason Reed will be on the program tomorrow to promote his new book coming out, The Rise of the Black Quarterback. Uh, later in the month, Kyle Petty, the former NASCAR driver, will be a part of the show to promote his new book, Swerve or Die. So we're doing big things here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. And yeah, the football season is right around the corner. Falcons football Starts next week. Yes. We, we want to let people know we made an announcement in our office, the self, to remind folks that, like, next Friday, you will not hear Sports Call. Next Friday at 3 o'clock Central Time, pregame coverage on the Falcons Radio Network takes place as Atlanta has their first preseason football game against the Detroit Lions. This Thursday is the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game of the year every year. And then next Friday, the Falcons play their first preseason game, so we will not be on the air when that takes place. I, oh, I'm so excited. I, well, here's the thing. I'm sitting here right now. I have very low expectations for the Falcons this season. Ah. I, I, was, uh, I was talking about this with Ryan and Brooks earlier, and I said, I can't imagine a more miserable situation than Falcons-Lions in the preseason in Detroit <laughs> at 5 p.m., like that just seems awful. The epitome of awful abysmal. to sit through. Just the <laughs> worst possible scenario. But I, you know, I, I'm saying all of this, and I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, when when the regular season rolls around, I'm gonna watch every game, every single one. I'm going to watch every game because I'm a fan, you know. And and, and while my expectations are low, I'm hoping that I will be wrong, you know. Uh, so who knows? Who knows? Maybe the maybe the Falcons will just shock the world this year. I doubt it, but maybe. Maybe Desmond, they could. Maybe Desmond Ritter's the truth. Maybe this is the resurgence of Marcus Mariota. I, I don't know. I don't know. Your quarterback we'll, is up in air. Right? Up, it, it it's is. a question yeah, right now. It is. Very, it, very sounds like a, it sounds like it's going to be Mariota to start off with. It sounds yeah. like he's just a little bit ahead. It sounds like 
Ritter has not, you know, he's going through the typical rookie quarterback stuff uh, where he just doesn't have the playbook down. He's not and fully into it. But okay with that. Yeah, I, I'm fully okay with Desmond Ritter getting a year to sit behind Marcus Mariota. And, you know, I, I think Marcus, with our offensive line. Yeah, I think Mariota is a, a pretty decent quarterback. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with him, but the Falcons are not trying to win a Super Bowl this nope. year. So uh, you you uh, you take what you can get out of Marcus Mariota and let Ritter uh, kind of learn why you kind of maybe build around him. And if you don't build around him, then, you know, he's a second-round pick, so you're not investing too much into it. We'll see. I'm, I'm we'll most, see. I'm most excited to see where the defense is going to be this year. The offense is obviously, you know, it's got – You have, like, two got. good players. The, you have two, two good players? Yeah, I three. mean, I'll give say or three. take, but you have potential. You've got Grady, J- and you you got have Grady Jarrett, Casey Hayward, shot at the Perry High School. And um, AJ Terrell. You have potential pieces that you can build around, though. That I'm excited about. Troy Anderson. Um, and hey, Troy the, Anderson's a rookie. Though. Troy like, Anderson's I, a rookie, but you, you can't. You act you like Deion Jones wasn't a rookie when you know he was getting well, exactly. Time. Well, De- Deion Jones was good as a rookie. He's terrible he now. He's terrible now, <laughs> and he is still look, on the team. Look, he is still on the team, and he probably will not be on the team much longer after he's taken off the pup list. But I'm just excited to see because I I don't know if you saw the quote from Dean Pease this I past did. weekend. I did. Very. He's. I mean, he's just. I, I mean, he's tired of it. As as I feel like we all are that the Falcons consistently have a bottom tier defense every year. We rely on our offense to score a lot of points, and then when our offense gets tired, our defense is already bad, so we give up points. That's how it's always been. We give up leads. So I'm just glad that he's. I mean, he he basically said he's tired of the crap. Like he's he's tired of it. And well, me too. But I'll believe it, it when I, mean, I see it. I mean, you know? he's just ready to instill a defense. And I feel like if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Dean Pease because he's a, he's a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator. You know, he's I like he, he, he's going to be the one to build the defense that is necessary to win a championship. I think the offense eventually is going to come to fruition. I think it's going to be fine. Obviously, you know, you drafted the wide receivers. You need to f- find a few more pieces. A quarterback is obviously very necessary. But I'm I'm most curious to see how the defense is going to go because he said that this season he's going to use 100% of the defense. Last season's defense couldn't even get up to 75% of his defense, which is an advanced, I guess, a very advanced defense that he runs. So I'm excited to see it. It seems like they're progressing, you know, from what I've seen in, in training camp. It seems like they're kind of being a little bit tougher than they usually are when 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 accustomed when talking about Falcons defenses. So it's something that I'm very I'm going to definitely keep a close eye on. We've got to take our first time out of the hour here on Sports Call. When we come back, Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live and on three sports will join the program. And still to come in the hour, James from Montgomery joins the show. Hang with us, James. We chat with Justin Hokinson next, and then James joins the show a little bit later. Don't go anywhere. This is Sports Call. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. And we are so thrilled 
to take this opportunity to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program. His name is Justin Hokinson. He covers the Auburn Tigers for AuburnLive.com and on three sports, and he joins us here on this Monday. Hoke, the time is always greatly appreciated. You look at the calendar, all of a sudden, it's August, man. The year has certainly flown by, and uh, it's almost football time. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can't believe that uh, here we are on the eve of Auburn football fall camp getting started at the end of the week, but let's start with basketball. The Auburn Tigers currently are in Israel. They're going to be playing tomorrow a couple of games. They're a foreign tour granted for uh, the Auburn Tigers. What can you expect? What can we expect to see this upcoming week for Auburn men's basketball? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, for something like this, which is, you know, I mean, it's summer exhibition games. I mean, they've practiced for maybe, you know, maybe 10 10 times or so. Um, And so... You know, as far as the guys returning, obviously they know the stuff. The newcomers just kind of have the basics in. So really it's, um, you know, you're not going to see any type of, uh, you know, um, high-level execution, I would say. I would say just to kind of focus on the newcomers, uh, Janai Broom, Trey Donaldson, Chance Wester, Yuan Treor. It's kind of your first opportunity to see them in action. Um, and then uh, and then just sort of see how they fit into the, to the, to the team, you know, Past that, uh, you know, it's just it's 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 really it's it's really a good chance for I think the team to create chemistry more than anything. Um, I don't think it's anything that Bruce Pearl is going to take um, any big evaluations out of. I think it'll be a part of the puzzle as as they go through practice and get closer to the season. I think this will this will this will play a part, but it's not going to be any kind of big big indicator in terms of um, you know what the roster might look like or who might start. Uh, come the beginning of the basketball season. I think it's just an opportunity to see these newcomers um, for us, and I think for the team it's a chance to just um, sort of grow closer and create some additional chemistry. And for the staff, you get to, you get 10 extra practices um, when you go on these foreign tours, so that's huge. I mean, just to have uh, a, a quite a few extra practices to get stuff in is, is a big deal, too. It's a big deal for the coaches to sort of get some foundation in earlier than – they would normally. Yeah, in so many ways, it's better than nothing, right? I mean, you get the chance to do this once every four years, as you're saying, and for Auburn, they're getting set to to play in Israel tomorrow. And then on top of that, these games are going to be televised. There are so many teams that take advantage of these foreign tour opportunities that don't have the luxury of having a broadcast crew along there with them. And the SEC Network is going to televise these basketball games for Auburn. I mean, how big of a deal is that, that that fans are going to be able to watch this? Do you think there's any recruiting advantage that could take place, having more eyeballs on an event like this? Like, what do you think it means that we're going to be able to get to watch these games over the next few days, Justin? Um, You know, I'm not sure it means all that much to Auburn specifically in terms of recruiting. I mean, they're going to be on in the middle of the day. I mean, yeah, you could have a couple of kids that might tune in, and it, and it helps. Look, I mean, I think Kentucky's overseas. Um, I mean, there's some programs overseas that are taking that. Alabama's going on a tour overseas, and right. Auburn's the one on TV. So that, that does matter. Um, it does matter. I, I think, you know, I think it's a bigger deal probably for um, – for college basketball potentially in Israel, college basketball and and Israel, than it is maybe just Auburn. I think it's great for the, the players. It's a great experience for them. 
Auburn's recruiting well regardless right now. I think it's a good thing for college basketball um, to potentially have some teams start to look at Israel as a place to go um, in the summer and play. They, they're, they're a big basketball country. And so I think, I think that'll be interesting to see if, if this sort of is a catalyst for other programs um, to, go, to start going over there. And I think it's just really cool for um, people in Israel um, to have a, a college team. I mean, this is the biggest thing they've had. They might have had a team come over. I'm not even sure they have. But if they haven't, has it been a team that's coming off a of Final Four within the last couple of years and is a, is a conference champion and has done what Auburn's done, um, come in there and play three games, including against the, the national team? That's, that's a pretty cool thing. I mean, they're charging admission for the last game. So um, that's a really cool thing for, for those people. Um, they know of Auburn. They know Bruce Pearl. Like, they're aware of what's going on and they're aware of that this pretty successful basketball team from a uh, college basketball team from America is coming over. So I think it's a really cool thing for them um, and these players. Um, and yeah, I think it helps slightly just being able to be on the SEC network in the middle of the day and in August, uh, it can't, it can't hurt. And all the while, Auburn is miles and miles away in Israel getting set to play those games tomorrow and later tonight. Justin, as you well know, they're set to hear if they're going to acquire a, a, in the recruiting rankings a top 50 player in Aiden Holloway who's going to be choosing between Auburn and Tennessee. Recruiting doesn't stop even if it means you're all the way in a foreign country like Israel. It looks like Auburn could be on their way to getting another uh, top recruit. Yeah, yeah, Aiden, Aiden Holloway. Um, is set to announce tonight at uh, 7 o'clock Central, I believe, um, on, on Instagram. Um, really good player. Really, really good player. Really good point guard um, from, uh, from Indiana. And uh, top 40 type player. Um, I think the on three consensus has him in the top 40 nationally. The four-star, um, six-foot, six-two six type combo guard that, could easily see his stock rise. I think he's a perfect fit for, for what Bruce Pearl and Auburn want to do. He's going to choose between Auburn and Tennessee tonight. But, um, I mean, it, it would be – he's as much of a lock as you could be right now going in. I mean, it would be an absolute beyond shocking uh, thing if he didn't um, commit to Auburn tonight, um, which would be interesting, by the way. That's 3 a.m. Israel uh, <laughs> Israel time. Uh, and I, I texted one of the coaches. I said, "Are you? I said, are you going to be up at 3 a.m. to watch him commit?" And uh, he he said, in, "In he used stronger terms than this, but he basically said, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> he, they are they're they are tired and jet lag when you go or anybody that's been uh, overseas. Those first couple of days are brutal um, in terms of trying to catch up on sleep. So um, I think that probably tells you as well what they think um, Aiden Holloway will do. They're not, they're not too concerned about it. But fantastic guard, uh, centerpiece-type player for that 2023 uh, class. And he's from North Carolina, not Indiana, by the way. Uh, Matthew's North Carolina. So, yeah, it should, should be a really, really good pick. Yeah, right outside of Charlotte, my neck of the woods. Uh, so here we are, we're, we're talking recruiting, and, and what just ended this past weekend was Big Cat Weekend on the football side of things, Justin. And I know there were a couple of commitments that the Auburn Tigers got from people you talked to and that sort of thing in that building. I mean, does Auburn deem this past weekend a successful weekend? Did everything go according to plan? Were they surprised at all? How are they feeling, the Auburn football program, walking away from the weekend that they just had? Yeah, I think they would feel good. I mean, when you come away with a couple of uh, 
24 commits, really talented kids. Um, uh, Adrian Posse from Miami and, and, and uh, Amon Lane, um, two four-star guys, two really good players that you can already start to build um, you know, your class around next year, right? So when you're a new staff, the way, the way Arson and this, these guys were, you know, think about how, how far behind the eight ball they are when, when you come in. So now here they are getting two kids that caliber for the 24 class. So now you start to see a little bit of getting ahead of the curve and starting to build your class for next year um, and getting those kids. So that was a good pickup. And I think they made some inroads with some important players um, this weekend. There was a lot of chatter around Bo Hughley, who's, you know, that four-star offensive tackle who's committed to Georgia. And whether or not Auburn can flip her, him or not, we'll see. But he was there this weekend. Um, and so I think all in all, it was a good good weekend, good vibe. A lot of times Big Cat, I mean, if you go back in the history of Big Cat, yes, there have been commitments that have come from Big Cat. But, you know, over the past t- 10 years, gosh, go back to when this thing started, Big Cat is, is as much about building relationships um, and, and strengthening the relationships of the guys you have and, and really building some relationships between players committed and players that are recruiting and trying to get some guys on board that they might come later on. Right. Um, it's been a weekend where it's been a weekend where you've had kids commit that weekend, but it's not necessarily designed to, uh, to just everybody there just commits. Um, it's just, it's meant to just be a really relaxed day. You get the bet get some of the key guys there, get them around your current recruits. And then hopefully that, that sort of pays off, um, in a couple of months. But, you know, if you look at somebody like Hughley, an offensive tackle, and you flip from Georgia, I mean, if that were to happen, that alone would make it a pretty successful day. Because um, that's, a, that's a big I don't know the last time Auburn flipped a Georgia kid. Maybe Darius um, Maybe Dontavious Russell. That's probably it. I mean, there's few and far between a kid committed to Georgia that they really want that Auburn has a chance to flip. So I think all in all, good weekend. Um, good day for – Good, good Saturday for Auburn, and we'll see if they can then take some momentum. So, basically, it come November, let's look back and let's see how many kids of the 23 class, or even 24, but 23, let's see who visited and let's see who, how many of them Auburn gets, and then I think you can really judge um, the impact of it. Justin, we're heading into fall camp starting soon. Other than quarterback, what do you think the biggest position battle for Auburn is? Oh, other than quarterback, um, you know, receiver is, is up there because um, I don't think you have a superstar there. You, you just, I think you have some, some capable guys. Um, there's a few guys with some good potential. So I would probably say, I'd probably say receiver. Um, I mean, Shedrick Jackson's coming back and, and should be in good position to kind of be the man to some degree. But, you know, you've got Coy Moore coming in who I think is a real X factor. You've got um, Javarius Johnson and Tarvars Dawson in that slot position. Both of those guys um, have the speed to be um, game breakers. I think that'll be interesting to see those two guys compete. You have Malcolm Johnson, who's a really good athlete, coming in um, competing. So there's there's some athletes. You got Xavier Capers. So I think the receiver positions. I mean, I think those guys know that it's wide open, and then there's a lot expected of them. And and really, there's no stud. There's no number one. Really, I mean, Shed is because of his experience, probably, but. I mean, there, there's room for any of those guys to step up and be the man. So I think receiver is going to be a big battle. And then, um, you know, I think safety is, is a pretty good battle, too. I mean, Zion Puckett's coming back. He's pretty entrenched. But it's going to be a new look back there when, when you've got Caleb Wooden, Caden Bridges, uh, Marquise Gilbert, 
um, even Craig McDonald from Iowa State. Um, it, it'll look the, the guys beyond Zion. It'll look a little bit different. So I think there's a lot of competition there, um, especially Bridges and Wooden. Those two youngsters, really good athletes. I think those two guys are going to push really hard for a lot of playing time as the season goes on. I see all four of those safeties really. Even McDonald, you could throw him in there as a fifth. I think all those guys are going to play a decent amount. Amount and you throw Donovan Kaufman in there who will play nickel, but could mix at safety. That safety position outside of Puckett, I think, is pretty uh, versatile in terms of who could potentially rotate in. So I probably see those two positions as the most co- the most competition. I think the most room for opportunity for those guys. Fall camp gets started going into this weekend for Auburn football. Justin, we know that you'll have all the great content and coverage for our listeners on our website. Where can they find all that work, and who on your team should they follow for all the best updates? Yeah, AuburnLive.com. Uh, we're still running a special, um, so go check it out. I mean, my, man, it's perfect time. This is the best time to do it. Fall camp starting, um, and so you just kind of you kind of get gets you uh, gets you going for the season. I'll be here before you know it. So AuburnLive.com. And then, yeah, go follow Keith Niebuhr, uh, Jeffrey Lee, Cole Pinkston, who are all on Twitter. They're all on our site and do a great job on the recruiting side. Um, and then we just um, will be bringing on, we'll announce uh, sometime here shortly, we're going to be bringing on an additional team reporter. Um, she's a graduate or soon-to-be graduate of Auburn University, and so we'll we'll have a little bit of additional team coverage as well. Look so at we're, that. We're thrilled with the growth. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's going to be awesome. So we'll, we'll make that announcement here soon. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, one year in, auburnlive.com unbelievable um our growth and and we're, we're just really excited with who's who's sort of been a part of our site so if you're looking for a home we would love to have you absolutely justin thank you for the time today we'll do this again soon okay thanks guys see ya. that's justin hokinson from auburn live and on three sports joining us here on sports call great stuff as always make sure you go Follow their work, support them in any way that you can. Let's take your phone calls, 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the show as we go back to the phone lines and... James from Montgomery. James has called into the program. Hello, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, sir. War Eagle. Yeah, we are actually counting the days down to week one of Auburn football as well. Yes, as well we are. It is almost here, buddy. It's August. Auburn plays on the third day of September. So football season, man, it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, so do you think who who's going to be our quarterback starter for uh, September 3rd? Do you think T.J. Finley or do you think uh, Zach Calzada is going to is actually going to be our starter this year. I think it's going to be one of those guys. I think, obviously, uh, TJ Finley started the games at the end of the year. There's a lot of momentum behind Zach Calzada's name from how he uh, performed ever since he's recovered from his surgery and the workouts have looked really impressive. Uh, I don't know. I think experience might give TJ Finley the advantage knowing the system here at place, but uh, it's going to be a tough battle. Who do you think will be named the starter? Um, well, if I was the head coach at Auburn, I'll probably start um Zach Calzada because he has a lot of potential to Auburn, so he knows um how to step up and actually make Auburn win. And then probably I could start uh I could start Zach Calzada on uh string one and um uh, take T.J. Finley and move him down to either a four or a five-string quarterback as well. Wow, you are really demoting T.J. Finley. 
Yes, as well, because, you know, I've seen all his um, his videos on uh, Twitter, and he's really looking like a, like a five-star uh, quarterback for Auburn as well. So I think I'll, I'll probably start – I'll probably think that um, – Brian Harson should start uh, Zach Calzada as well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he gets the nod. He played well at Texas A&M last season, and uh, we'll see if he's able to be the starting quarterback for the Tigers as they get set to open up this 2022 season against Mercer. Yes, as well, because with Mercer, I mean, we did play them last few years in the season, so I think we might see like a 2010 Auburn team or a 2011 Auburn team or 2017 Auburn uh, football team as well against um, Mercer as well. It'd be big to have a win over the Mercer Bears to start off the season on the right note. That would be uh, obviously something that we're hopeful for. I know that you uh, heard us talking a little bit about the Falcons earlier, James. They, they've got their first preseason game next weekend. Yes, yeah, so I will be watching that uh, first preseason weekend. I think it's this weekend or next weekend. Next weekend. The Falcons play the Lions next weekend. So I'll just have to see... Um, there, I just have to see how their preseason will go and see who I'm going to be drafting for my mock draft for the fantasy football season. Yeah. That's going to be coming up real, real soon as well. Matt so, Ryan isn't the quarterback of the Falcons anymore. What do you think about that? Um, well, I mean, that would be a, a easy toss-up because I know with Marcus Mariota, I think he's a really good fit for the Atlanta Falcons team as well so i'll probably see them like in their near future i'll probably see the atlanta falcons actually going to a super bowl this year as well i like to hear that james i like to yeah. hear that very much yeah because it is is when when you're when a lot of um former players are talking about other teams making it to the super bowl how about letting the atlanta falcons actually step up and go to the super bowl because i mean and win can actually win a Super Bowl because they never experienced a Super Bowl mentality as well. Yeah, it, it, look, they had their hearts broken the last time the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. They were winning 28-3 to okay. and then lost. But maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to get back to the Super Bowl and win it all this time. Yes, as well, because there, I've been looking at on the NFL Network, like some Super Bowl contenders. I know they were talking about uh, the Buffalo Bills making it to the Super Bowl with um, with Ron Miller, the Super Bowl champion from the Los Angeles Rams. I think if they might put him in, well, they already got him in, in the in the starting lineup, but I think with the Buffalo Bills, I will probably see them actually making it to the Super Bowl this year as well. Bills and Falcons, that's your Super Bowl matchup, or do you think another NFC team can get there? Um, well, that was going to be my first matchup, but I'll just have to, um, you know, like spin the wheel on the Buffalo Bills and actually see. I'll probably see, like, the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys actually meeting up in the Super Bowl as well. Man, that'd be a fun matchup for sure. Yeah, it would be a fun matchup and a classic matchup as well with with the NFC with the N with the NFC team and the AFC team with the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills because these two teams actually met up years ago in the late nineties um, when uh, Jim Kelly was the quarterback at the time 
for the Buffalo Bills as well. You remember that game? Um, no, I do not remember it, but I do remember a lot of history between those two teams as well. Yeah, it was the 1992 season, and the Cowboys won 52-17 to in that Super Bowl. That was Super Bowl 27. Do you know who performed at halftime of that one? Um, I would... I wouldn't even know that far back. Yeah, Michael Jackson was the halftime show. How about that? Pretty significant uh, performance there at halftime. He performed at halftime of that Super Bowl between the Cowboys and the Bills. Michael Jackson. Yes, as well. One of the iconic, um, one of the iconic uh, Super Bowl halftime shows of all time, and uh, one of my favorite artists of all time. That's that's going to be around for his music is going to be around for so many 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 years as well yeah tell us something else on your mind well i'm actually going to be looking at tomorrow to see on the major league baseball trade deadline and seeing who's going to get traded and i know there's going to be a lot of teams actually going to be um taking their players out of different teams and actually trading them before the trade deadline on Tuesday night as well. Yeah, if you want to make some changes, now's the time to do it before that deadline comes and goes. Teams trying to make a push to the World Series. Yes, as well. So I'm actually looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chicago Cubs, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the Atlanta Falcons, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh the Florida Marlins, and the Texas Rangers, just to name a few teams as well. I feel like you named almost all of them. Yes, as well, because, I mean, I've been looking at so many different teams and seeing so many uh, great guys, and uh, one guy in particular that might want to come to the Texas Rangers to my team would be Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees because I think he's a really good fit and he looks good in a Texas uniform as well. Yeah, I think he'd look great in a Texas uniform. Take him, take him away from the Yankees. Yes, as well, because, I mean, with his uh, style of hitting home runs, I think that would make us, that would make my team actually go back to the World Series as well. So I don't know if that's going to be a, a, a good fit, but I'll just have to see how things are going to be on Tuesday night as well. He's hit 42 home runs this season. Aaron Judge is unbelievable. Yes, as well. He is an unbelievable player. So if he keeps, you know, hitting those home runs, I'll probably see him in the near future actually being inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame as well. Anything else on your mind today, James? Well, um, yes, I actually do have one uh, thing. Uh, yesterday on Sunday, um, it was a very hard uh, hit to my heart as an NBA fan. Um, Bill Russell actually passed away at the age of 88 years old. So he was one of the iconic uh, basketball players of of the 60s. He he knew the game. He played the game very well. And he was uh, a really great, great, great guy to actually have on a Boston Celtics team as well. He won 11 NBA championships. He was awarded the 2011 Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. And uh, you're right, Bill Russell meant so much to the sport. I know he meant a lot uh, to to people uh, being a voice for those who felt like they didn't have a voice. And, uh, yeah, Bill Russell will be greatly missed. Yes, he sure will be missed by millions of 
uh, Boston Celtics fans as well and NBA fans around the world. And, um, you know, a lot of young uh, basketball stars that might want to, you know, step in, step into his shoes and actually play, you know, like their self to actually get that opportunity to win 11 NBA titles to their name as well. And James, he was such a big advocate for people of color. I mean, that's so important. Yes, it is very, very important on that note because with that, I mean, you're looking at a guy that that actually, you know, that really, um, that looked at, you know, not as, um, how should I put this, as a, as an advocate of civil rights and justice for all, for all, um, races and creeds and genders as well. And a lot of young people in today's society should take a page out of Bill Russell's book and actually take a page out of his book and read it as well. He really spoke against racism. Yes, as well. And, you know, with that, you know, racism is is a key component in today's society. And I think it should, you know, instead of being in the darkness, it should come to light and let people know what it was then and what it is of today's society as well. No kidding. We've got a long way to go, but we're making steps. And uh, at the end of the day, we just want to make Bill Russell proud of the of the earth that he uh, he left. Any final thoughts for us on today's show today, James? Well, um, any final thoughts I have, I'm going to just see what Auburn is actually going to do for uh, week one as well. And on August the 4th, I'm actually going to be watching a classic matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I have. That's Thursday. That's this coming up Thursday, so I am going to actually be uh, cranking up the TV really loud for that one and seeing what um, what Trevor Lawrence is actually going to do for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. So I do have Jacksonville favorite to win the Hall of Fame uh, game this Thursday as well. And then this weekend, this, sun- this Saturday, I'm actually watching the Gold Jacket Ceremony on the NFL Network as well. So that's going to be a really, really fun um, event for me to actually watch. And for J- the, uh, hmm? I was going to say, and, and James, can I tell you what's coming up tomorrow? No. Trivia Tuesday. Yes, I'm actually going Trivia to... Trivia Tuesday. So I'm actually going to be uh, sending some new trivia out to you all uh, later on uh, this evening and seeing if I can actually get it uh, on Tuesday as well. All right, you tell us the trivia and we'll do it tomorrow because it's Trivia Tuesday. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That's our pal James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take another time out here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We start to wrap up the show after this. Tiger 95.9 FM. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. 
I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final few moments of Sports Call here today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brandt Daughtry, and Camberry. Just what a fun show it's been today. Our thanks again to Logan Parks and Justin Hokinson for being a part of the program. The show flew by. It's always fun when we get these shows and uh, you've got the great guests that you talk to and then all of a sudden you look up, the clock says, hey, you got to get out of here. It's over with. And uh, that was the case today with all the great content interviews and discussion that we had here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. All right, before we get out of here today, we do this each and every day. Let's make sure we give you the nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Indeed it is. Indeed it is Sports Call's nightly TV guide. With that being said, here is what's coming up on television a little bit later tonight. Toy Story 2 at 6 o'clock on Freeform. I think that's probably the best of the Toy Story movies. I really Really? really love Toy Story 2, yeah. Did they get up to 4? Yes. Yes. I never watched the... I started the 4th. It's it's alright. It brings along some pretty good closure. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, I enjoyed 3. Yeah, three was pretty good. Yeah, uh, three got a little creepy at parts. It I feel did. like it but, did. Um, well, so did Toy Story one. Yeah, <laughs> which was like yeah. I remember being six and seeing that you know spoilers for a movie that came out before I was born, but uh, I I remember seeing like what is it the baby doll head with an eye missing yeah. and the right. spider legs yeah, like yeah, call yeah, it, come crawling creepy. out from under the bed. And I was right. like yeah. I, I'm I was like Sid's four room. and I was like I don't know if I like this. Six o'clock on Freeform. Toy Story two. All right, uh, next, at also at 6 on TNT, Captain America Civil War. Good one. If you're a Marvel good. fan, yeah, uh, another good. good film. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ugh. It must be the second movies because, you know, you got it Harry is. Potter and the Chamber of Secrets I'm, and Toy Story 2. I am very on the same night that you knew Chamber of Secrets was the second Harry yeah. Potter. I know Harry Potter. I yeah. might not know many things, but I know Can Harry Potter. Can you name Potter. all seven books? Yeah. In the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. The Chamber of Secrets. Okay. The Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. The Goblet of Fire. Was that four? Yes, it was four. Was that four? I just okay. fin- I literally just finished watching this with Lauren. Six like, is the Half Blood Prince. Yeah. And seven is Deathly Hallows. Yes. And for whatever reason, I'm blanking on what five is. Order of the Phoenix. Five, Order, Order of the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. Which is the worst one. So it's okay that you blank on. So that. I got six out of seven. Yeah. I did that's, okay. That's I impressive. Like you did a lot yeah. better than I yeah. thought. Thank you. I'm going to put you on the spot now. I like this game. Okay. I'm going to put the both of you on the spot. Okay. Next movie up on FXM tonight at 6.40, X-Men, Days of Future oh Past. My oh, gosh. wow. Name an X-Men, Woo. and you can't say the same one that Cam does. So whoever can give me one first. Okay. Can anybody name an X-Men? Wolverine. Sue Storm. Uh, Professor X. Oh. Oh, oh. I don't oh, know anymore. Oh, blanking, blanking. I wow. only knew Wolverine, to be honest. <laughs> See, I would have gotten, gotten Professor X. Was, I think. Was I've Sue never Storm been. In, I've never been into those. So I, yeah. Susan? I've never heard no. was, Sue was, Storm. Was Sue Storm? Sue Storm was Fantastic Four, wasn't Sue she? Storm was Fantastic Four. Yeah, Storm. you're th- you're thinking of just Storm, played by Halle Berry Storm. in the movies. Yeah, Storm. Is Storm? In yeah, just X-Men? Storm. She's an X Man. Yeah, she okay. is an X Man. X Man. 
woman. Is that the blue girl? Jean. No, that's... Um, Who's the blue girl? That's uh, Mystique is Mystique. her name. Yeah. Played by um, um, uh, Katniss Everdeen yes. in the later Watch that tonight on What's FXM. That's our nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lawrence, yes. thank you. You watch X-Men? No. Okay. I'm old. <laughs> I'll see you on Wednesday, Tom. <laughs> uh, and we'll see you tomorrow night for the Thunder Chickens. Weather permitting. Hey. Weather permitting, yeah. We're 0-9 on the year. Our first game tomorrow is against a 1-8 team. This is a winnable game. It is our game. chance. A winnable game. <laughs> this is our chance. This is Bust our out. chance. 1-8 one one versus 0-9 oh tomorrow night. Lose by double chickens. digits. It's a barn burner. Tom, thanks for being here. Yeah, man, enjoyed it. Brant and Cam, good to see you guys. I messed here. up my lose by thing. Uh, thanks all right. for having me. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in and called in. For Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry, <laughs> and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.